What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Batman News Weekly. This is episode 185 in a year four, and we thought we weren't going to have any news until yesterday happened, and a whole bunch of shit came out. But the first thing we're going to talk about is the first thing that came out this week, and that is the first visual, I guess, appearance or the first uh, time we've got to see Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn. So, uh, Clay, I believe you sent this in the Discord. And, uh, yeah, what were your first initial thoughts of it? So, I think it looks pretty clean. I think it is visually the same kind of aesthetic that Joker has. It's nothing too flashy, nothing mm-hmm. too comic booky. you know? Um, I've, hear, I've been hearing on Twitter, and again, Twitter is not real life, so yeah. you gotta take this with a grain of salt. But people thought this was... Uh, a little too comic booky, like that it kind of like took them out of it a little bit. Huh? And I don't know why. Like it was yeah. too flashy is 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 some people's wordings. Yeah. Um I don't understand it. Like what no. how do you feel about this? That mean that looks like if I were to just go to like a fucking rock show on the weekend outfit by any woman. Like Yeah. Honestly, you know? it looks like any kind of like punk rock type of style. Yeah. I will say Makeup looks kind of shitty because they tried to do the diamond things around her eyes. That would be my only complaint. I have no complaint about the outfit. But you can see like her eyeliner tries to make a diamond at the top and at the bottom. Looks like they're fucking. I I barely see like right above the eyelid. I saw more so just like the extra liner above her eyebrow and of course below her uh, eye. Um, You could also just assume just because of the way that Gotham is usually portrayed mm-hmm. humidity and all of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, depending on what kind of scene this is, you do see officers behind her. Maybe she's being captured in some sort of way, uh, or maybe they are following her like soldiers. I don't know, but like, it looks like it could be an intense scene and this is probably like a slow moment in there. Yeah. I'm laughing right now. Uh, for those people that don't know, I've kind of upstarted the reaction channel again, and we just got a post from Ethan. He wants me to react to Clayface stuff. I'm not going to react to Clayface stuff, Ethan, when it's somebody and their stupid face on the screen. Okay? <laughs> okay? <laughs> like, you know, those people on TikTok that are like, oh, James Gunn just announced, blah, 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 you know, and their stupid face is covering the whole thing. And it's like, dude, let me just, just show the content. Just show the content. <laughs> I don't want you in the way. Uh, anyways, but, um, yeah, so with the Lady Gaga stuff, I think it looks cool. There's a lot, of course, you know, uh, the good thing about Joker is they do showcase or they film a lot of stuff in the real world, right? It's not all studios. They're not recreating New York um, on a lot of these scenes. They, they're actually in New York and they're yeah. filming outside. So there's been a lot of like, you know, people that have cell phones, people in their houses that are recording all that jazz. So there's a lot of cool stuff out there. I'm ignoring all of it. I'm like, look, I know what to expect from Joker. And I don't want to. I, I know this is going to happen because we still haven't got any confirmation of it. If it is a musical, we're going to see some dancing at some point. Unless they're like, you know what? We don't want to show any of that. So that's all going to be in studio, which would be cool. I it, it would kind of if we don't see it out in the streets, I think it would uh, 100% uh, go with the idea that we had mm-hmm. that like the musical portion of this movie could be kind of like the wacky in the mind type of thing Mm -hmm. where like everything is almost like a dream 
And yeah. so in that case, they can definitely do it in studio. They can do their VFX work and everything else that they need to do uh, without showing a whole bunch uh, yeah. to the public while they're filming. I think they would recreate the stairs in studio instead of filming. The, if they're doing a dance number on the stairs, I because yeah. I feel like those things are so popular now, they can't film there anymore. Probably. So they had to like recreate it. Uh, I've actually been wa- I follow I don't follow him, but he comes on my on my YouTube shorts a lot. Uh, this prop master guy that does puns. Have you seen that guy? Always wears a baseball no. hat. But um, I like watching him because he kind of shows a lot of the inside stuff of like, oh, yeah, we had to. The, apparently that he worked on some scene that was filmed here in Texas and was all like uh, it was a recreation of like a, a war ambush that happened in Afghanistan or something like that. And he was talking about how it was like one of the worst, not like the the hardest things he's done mm-hmm. because they had like, I think this might've happened after the whole incident with Alec Baldwin. So they had to like constantly check the guns. He was like, we had to check the guns like three times at, before shooting at all. And so he was like, it was crazy. And the, these are like automatic guns. So they have to like really, really check. And it's Jesus. just like constant like firing and stuff. But he reveals all of the like create, like how, you know, how they make fake food how they make the weapons, how they make like the wrench sounds and all that kind of stuff. Like it's, it's amazing to watch the behind the scenes stuff. I wish he would work on Batman and stuff just so I could be like, Oh yeah, show me the insights, but they would never <laughs> allow that. Um, but again, that's some way we talked about this last week. They should have people like this, like social media stars working on these movies to get people hyped. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I think that would be cool content. Like find these kind of creators, integrate them, be like, Oh yeah, come on the set. We're going to have you build something. We're going to use it in the movie. You can do that as a social media thing, right? But at the end of your video, be like, yeah, if you want to see this for yourself, go check it out. You know, March, whatever, whatever. So I think DC should really do stuff like that. But as for the Harley Quinn stuff, I mean, besides looking at it, I think it looks good. Um, Doesn't surprise me that some people are complaining on Twitter. Every day I get on there, I'm just like, why did I come back? Why did I come back? <laughs> um, Because it's just so much bitching. Yesterday, I got like, I'm trying not to engage with a lot of people. But uh, you posted about Grace Randolph uh, saying all the oh, stuff about James Gunn, right? And James yeah. Gunn shooting her down. I love it every time he does it, especially with her. But somebody was like, it, somebody instantly messaged uh, or tweeted to Gunn under that post and was all like, good, now you have a chance to bring Henry Cavill back. And I just posted the Elsa Let It Go gif. I was like, <laughs> let it go. And like, I got some likes on it and stuff. And it's just like, dude fucking let it go he's said it a million times but it's, it's just dude i honestly and thankfully i've for the most part i have maybe a small handful of friends that still like uh zach snyder's justice league yeah will still promote his stuff but aren't the toxic types yeah but they still engage with the toxic types Ugh. in the sense of not in the way of like supporting them, like, Hey, stop making us look bad type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the small stuff that I still see. Sometimes it's still muted. So I'd out, I would actually have to like view it personally. I would have to click it to see what they're saying, but yeah, uh, the, all of the negative toxic stuff, I don't see unless I'm actually searching stuff up uh, in the explore section mm-hmm. on Twitter anymore. Like okay. it, thankfully it's cleaned out of, of, of my thing. Yeah, it's funny because I, you know, my 2023 policy is muting and blocking people. 
It's mostly muting people, but I block if I definitely don't want to see it, period. Because if you mute, Twitter still does the, like, you muted this person, but you can click it if you want to see it. That, and, and I'm and like, that's what I've done, yeah. And I'm tempted too many times to see what these idiots are saying, you know? I'm just like, what did this fucking idiot say? <laughs> and um, so sometimes I just block to just not even deal with it, right? But I, when James Gunn responds to stuff, and there's people that responded to him, I look through the comments. Because I'm like, because yeah, he does threads. So I'm just like, I'm going to see this shit. And then that's where you constantly see the like, oh, well, I heard that you're, you know, uh, Affleck wanted to come back and uh, Henry Cavill was there. And oh my God, I can't believe you're taking it away from us. And, but then I see, I see a little bit of clarity sometimes. And some people are like, actually, it's good that he's recasting because this would be like 30 years of both of their careers with all of this baggage. Like, how would you introduce so many new characters? Like, it's best that they reboot them. And yeah. I was like, oh, my God, there's sanity on Twitter sometimes. <laughs> like, blew my mind. But anyways, for the Harley Quinn thing, think it looks cool. Um, I'm excited to see more, uh, but not too much more. I don't want any spoilers or anything happening, you know? So, because um, I want to go into that movie. Like, I don't even need a trailer, to be honest. I'm, we're, we'll watch and it. I'm but... trying to remember the stuff that we were seeing when it came to the filming of The Joker. Mm -hmm. We saw basically the same thing um yeah. in the sense of a lot of pictures on the street some random videos here and there he, he um, got hit by the car that was definitely one of them i think that yeah that was definitely one of them but as far as story goes i think that we couldn't have really been spoiled by any of the stuff that other people posted yeah um just because there is such a deep narrative in the actual uh, uh, script of the of the movie, yeah. rather than just visually, um, that you know you can't just be like, oh, let me go in studio and and you know have this one part like the whole thing. Spoiler for Joker, um, the killing of Robert De Niro. Like yeah. they're not just gonna show that in you know the open streets or whatever. Yeah. So I I think that we should be fine. Now I'm gonna disagree with you. I think I do mm. need to see a trailer. Um, really okay. i because i think i was the one that although i think a musical would be cool i'm still a little on the fence with how it all works mm. so i would want to see and kind of get the vibe of what that musical will will feel like and look like and then i'll be like okay this is definitely something that i'm cool with the thing is, is usually i don't think as like somebody who has edited for a long time and the vibe of this i don't think they're gonna give you the musical elements what they're gonna do is they're gonna have the wacky scenes of a musical but you're not gonna hear any of the music i wouldn't show you that as an editor true I, i'm i'm sure that they will put like one of the joker themes yeah um, i would do intensity like i would make the uh, the uh, the same tone as the previous movie but i would show you scenes a la 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 land so yeah. like dancing in the sky or whatever like i'd show you that and people be like what the what the fuck and since they know that oh he was in an asylum at the end like maybe it's all the dream let people let people have their own narrative but yeah. i wouldn't give you the singing at all that way when you go into that movie you're like oh what the fuck like uh, that's what i would want um because i think if you show that you'll have too many people bitch online true before the and dude it, it just hit me it how long has it been since walk the line how long has it been since fucking Phoenix has like actually sang? Um, oh fuck, who knows? It's it's been. Almost... I was in high school. If I'm you were in sure. high school, 
then if you were in high school, then I was probably either starting high school or still in middle school. Yeah. Um pretty sure unless i'm getting it confused unless i'm getting it confused with the talladega knights guys parody <laughs> that might have been in high school walk hard yeah 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 uh but they would have been at the same time walk the line is uh was 2005 yeah i was in high school i was a junior um God damn yeah well actually no i might have been a senior because i rem- i specifically remember being in film class and i was a senior when i was in film class so it must have been as at the end of 2005. I think it was because I did not start high school in 2000 until 2006. Okay, yeah. So cuz I graduated in 2006, but you graduate in June, you know. Yeah. So Yeah. Um so yeah, definitely. But yeah, I I, spe- I don't know why I specifically remember that though. I don't know if it's because we saw trailers for it in class or cuz that class was just watching movies and talking about movies. Like that's all it was. I mean, we filmed movies too, but um yeah it was wild anyways i think it looks cool i'm interested to see more but i don't need a trailer because just to explain my side of that um i thought the first movie i was like i don't fucking need this i don't fucking need this and then i saw the trailer and i was like damn that's fucking awesome but um superhero movies and stuff lately the first trailers have been kind of trash and the second trailers are good and i don't want to have to see two trailers so like i don't know what that is because shazam that first trailer i was like meh and I think a lot of people saw that first trailer, and maybe that's what turned them off the movie. Because that first trailer was kind of cringe, in my opinion. Yeah. That second trailer, when it showed the dragon and some of the fights, I was like, that's fucking cool. Yeah, that was epic. better. That should have been the first trailer. So I don't need to see it. But, oh, man, they are going to tease the fuck out of the Joker. It's going to have one of those, like, it's going to have, so the first social media post will be, like, his face and then a date. And then, you know, the date is actually going to be the teaser to show you the real trailer and then it, then it's going to be the trailer. I feel like that's how they're going to do it. They're going to tease the fuck out of it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we'll see. Uh, but next up, what do we got? Let's see. Um, bu- bu- oh yeah. Since we kind of talked about James Gunn, uh, humiliating freaking uh, Grace Randolph, which I live for. Thank you very much, James Gunn. Uh, he teased, there's been some, you know, um, rumblings about brave and the bold, possibly already having a director in mind and possibly writer for the script, uh, according to a response that James Gunn said, because I, I forgot the actual quote of it. So so uh, this person uh, tweeted at Gunn saying, do you guys already have a director or screenwriter lined up for Brave and the Bold? Somebody not even related to the project just responded yeah. to them saying no. And James Gunn responded to them saying, maybe. Yeah. And that was it. Literally just maybe. So it does look like a majority. I'm going to go ahead and say a majority mm-hmm. um, of what was presented to us. So the 10 projects um, probably are already like the ball is rolling for sure on yeah, all of have to. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I I'm interested to see what direction they're going with this because a lot of people think that brave and the bold will like although the subject matter of damien being a little bit of a darker hero and uh especially when he's introduced um and all of that people assume that brave and the gold is going to be a little bit silly and brave and the gold 
did i say gold brave brave and the bold sorry yeah is gonna be a little bit silly um so like kind of in the the cartoon i think so i think people have have kind of equated that title with the cartoon but tom king's also doing brave and the bold and his looks really fucking dark it does and that's i think you have to with a and people don't take this the wrong way but with a brighter DC mm-hmm. universe on the horizon with the way James Gunn usually does things, James Gunn, you need to understand, he, like, in his past, has done some really messed up movies. Yeah, but super. at the same time, love it. like, uh, uh, yeah, Super is both hilarious and dark. Like, yeah. you put that balance in there, I think everything will work fine. I think yeah. you still have things I mean, for the adults. Exactly. Yeah. You still have things for the adults while you can also have just like the lightheartedness of heroes in the movies. Like I, I think that'll work perfectly. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, you weren't a fan of Peacemaker at first, right? Like you going into it. You going were into it. Yeah. I, I was very questionable on Peacemaker just because in the Suicide Squad, I didn't like his character because of how much of a dick he was and all yeah. of this other stuff. And it really worked for me after yeah. the first episode. Like Dude, at, by the end of the first episode, when that chick freaking explodes, I was just yeah. like, oh, fuck this. Epi- like, yeah, this show is for me. If y'all have not seen Super, you're doing yourself a disservice. Like Super was one of those movies that I just threw on one day. And I was just like, I was like, I kind of want to watch something. And I was like, oh, let me watch a stupid superhero type of movie. And I thought it was kind of along the lines of like kick ass or something. And so I ended up watching it. And then then that ending and some of the other shit that happens with now elliot page's character i was just like oh like what the fuck and uh what's it rain wilson is that his name um the performance he gives at the end when the the serious moment happens i was just like holy fuck this guy can act like yeah holy shit uh good fucking movie so james gunn understands tone i would not want it to be that silly um at least batman's not silly if you're gonna have like 10 year old damien do some stupid shit here and there although damien's not really a funny character either so i think i think somebody else i i do genuinely think gun understands these characters Mm -hmm. i think he's gonna lean in hard on the silliness when characters need to be silly such as booster gold i think that's gonna lean very hard into what peacemaker is Mm -hmm. when you look at characters like uh booster gold and Blue Beetle together. Ted Cord Blue Beetle, not Jaime Reyes. I think you're going to lean hard into that stuff. Yeah. Uh, the Terrifics. I think you're going to have a nice balance. Well, we haven't uh, even talked about that yet. So, well, that was that was another thing that was teased. Yeah. Um, and people went nuts after this, and I'm surprised that so many people. And again, all of these people that responded to him could very much have read this comic. Mm-hmm. Um. It was one of the uh, last books standing that was like that new age of heroes or whatever yeah. it was called. Um, it was the last book standing out of all of those. Mm-hmm. And it did so well. And I will admit, I think a lot of its selling was for the fact that Dan Mora was on the covers yeah. for a majority of those uh, issues. Uh, I think Ivan Reyes uh, did the first few covers and then Dan Moore did the rest of them. Uh, and it definitely helped the book a lot. Um, 
but it's it's a it's a great story it's a fun read um wacky um it's basically the fantastic four of uh dc yeah and it i i think that with mr terrific being like the serious character Mm -hmm. uh the batman-esque character you having plastic man that's wacky yeah metamorpho we're seeing a we saw you know just a small glimmer of him in danger street the comic that we're reading mm-hmm. um he's a little bit more serious there but usually he is kind of like a in the middle sometimes wacky sometimes uh serious depending well, on we're what also book he is in. reading him in world's finest so oh that's true too yeah you know so yeah he's been getting a lot, a lot of play lately which i think is very interesting uh, which is good because now people can be like, oh, how do I learn about this character? Mr. Terrific is a great character. Because here's the thing. I don't know. We have a question, if I'm not mistaken. It, it's part of a question later on uh, talking about um, <clears throat> possibility of black Batman, you know, in movies. Mm-hmm. I don't think that would happen. We'll talk about it later when the question comes up. But I'm curious if James Gunn is like, we're not going to have to do a lot of this switching and casting of people because I'm actually going to elevate badass black characters or badass Latino characters or badass Asian characters, you know, which is not what a lot of people do. And so if you're going to give me Mr. Terrific, that's awesome. You know what I mean? I want to see yeah. him. You can like, give me black lightning, badass. I'm down. Like give me those types of, I mean, I don't, I don't think we're going to get cyborg um but you know give us a cyborg that's not gonna stir up a lot of shit on social media i'm i'm gonna hold off because i think if we are introduced to the bat family Mm -hmm. that introduces the possibility of titans teen titans and young justice all Mm -hmm. three um and Cyborg has played in all three of those camps. Um, I think that anybody is on the table, but I do believe other than the uh, the Trinity, everybody that was on the Justice League before mm-hmm. may be taking a little bit of a sideline, maybe for the first two years, maybe for the first three, but not completely out. Yeah. I don't want it to be Ray Fisher just because I didn't like his attitude about the whole booyah thing. Not even talking about the drama that's going on. I just never liked what he said about, he's like, I didn't want to say booyah. I don't think it fit my character. I'm like, that is your fucking character. Like, you know what I mean? Like, booyah is a huge thing with Cyborg. Like, it definitely was made a big thing with the Teen Titan show, which elevated the title overall with mm-hmm. this generation of people who enjoy teen titans yeah um they made it a thing in the comics after a while and like i understand wanting to bring a serious tone to a character yeah but like if you just say it like once yeah cool just say it once you know yeah because like you can do it right after throwaway cameo line type of thing yeah it's it's right after like a big moment right like a huge explosion it's like booyah like you know and that's like yeah he did the thing like like as much as we meme this shit like it's such it's so awesome when something we just saw john wick and it's all like like john and then like you know it's just like oh shit they know it's john wick <laughs> like you know it's crazy i've heard a lot of people watch that movie i haven't heard anybody say bad thing about it so no, like like it, i think it's a 10 out of 10 for like almost everybody who's watched it which is yeah. insane 
yeah it, it's fucking great um i love it i love it and the also the consensus is the people that i know everybody's either seen all the john wicks or have seen none of the john wicks there's like no in between yeah no i uh, same yeah. so pretty great stuff if y'all haven't seen that movie y'all should go watch it we watched it after we recorded last week's podcast it is fire um anyways uh, so, yeah, so Brave and the Bold possibly having a writer and director in talks, maybe. Uh, any ideas who you think it would be? I think we've probably talked about this on the podcast before, right? We've we've talked very little about this in the sense of, like, we think there could be a possibility of King working a little bit on the script, whether that be the first draft or the second draft, whatever. Yeah. He probably has some sort of input. Remember, they do have a writer's room. Mm-hmm. for the overall narrative of this new dc universe that they're putting on the big screen um so it's going to be very interesting who they attach to this um i i, I couldn't tell you i honestly yeah. couldn't tell you it would be very interesting if uh oh shoot what is her name uh she mm-hmm. has of course uh been the screenwriter for almost every dc project uh oh christina recently. hudson Hudson, that's right. Yeah. yeah, Christina Hudson. It would be really wild if she got a chance to do just Batman. Yeah. You no? Know? Yeah. I mean, if she's still... I mean, I'm curious, because, like, writers will be a part of a movie, right? And I think there's, like, something with the, the Writers Guild or whatever. If you wrote the first draft of a movie, I think you're still technically a part of the movie or a part of the credits or whatever are you like i think uh the rule is something like if you wrote 60 percent of the script or something like that you are the writer no matter what or some shit like that and so yeah. a lot of rewriters will come in and try to destroy 50 percent of that thing to make it their own so they're the writer of the movie i've heard some fucked up stories like that so i think that's uh. kind of something that happens in the industry which could have been what happened with justice league um so very possible but uh yeah i don't know if if she wrote all of the flash right like if we are going with what tom cruise is saying a great fucking superhero movie and and the world needs this movie right now uh if we're going with all the hype that the flash is getting i hope that was all christina hudson and like that's her original and and because you mentioned it um I believe it was either in our Shazam review or previously. Um, she has had more misses than hits with yeah. the canceled Batgirl, uh, with Harley Quinn in or the Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, the Birds of Prey movie, like in our eyes, not being a yeah. complete hit, but a miss. So it would be very interesting to see um, if she is going to be like a bigger writer going forward or just somebody that is pitching ideas because of her experience with the old dc movies was she listed in the writer's room i believe she was i can double check yeah because i don't remember all the names um that were a part of that but i mean i wouldn't be surprised she's done a lot of work for them so they probably like her and she's going to be attached to flash so people probably want her on on the team still right so um, but speaking of somebody that has not going to be in the running for Brave and the Bold is Ben Affleck has said a lot of things this week that kind of back up a conversation that we were having a few weeks ago about a sp- sorry, got the burps, specific cameo that might be happening in the movie. 
But uh, where did you see all of this about Ben Affleck? So there is a clip going around on Twitter. It has a uh, like a small little GIF that uh, or possibly just like a clip of the trailer that we got uh, during the Super Bowl. Yeah. Of Ben Affleck's Batman, of course, on the bridge. This is where we see the blue and gray cowl uh, Batman suit. Um, and it just has the audio placed above it. Mm-hmm. Um and it was, uh, I can't remember what podcast uh, he was on, uh, but Ben Affleck does uh, talk about his experience there. And he said, um, it's my best performance. It's my best mm-hmm. performance. And he's like, and they were like, what? He's like, after all these years of playing Batman, I finally got it right. Oh. And now I, I think that is great. To go mm-hmm. out on a big win. Yeah. But of course, me and like, I, of course, I'm searching this and there's so many people. Of course, there is a whole bunch of the cult that I don't know. And mm-hmm. I just keep finding them and I keep having to mute them and block them. Yeah. There's so many people that took the narrative of, oh, so Ben Affleck hates Snyder now. And. Uh, he's shitting all over Snyder's movies mm-hmm. and he's going to act like Snyder's movies don't exist anymore. And only the flash does. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. It's like, that's not what delusion he said. Like yeah. it, he, he just said that he was so enthralled with this script and how it worked out and how it was directed that he feels like it's his best performance in the same way as if you play a game or play a sport, the more you do it, the better you get at it. So, yeah, yeah the first performance is not going to be your best. It's going to be the latest, right? Mm-hmm. That's the way I see it is, okay, this is the latest he he. You would hope before. so. You would hope so, yes. Yeah. You, would, you would definitely hope so. But for the actor to feel that way, I think it's very yeah. good. Um, yeah. But that's, like, that's why I wanted to bring this up because there is this narrative that, like, oh... He doesn't appreciate where he got started from. I'm like, guys, Ben Affleck was bigger than uh, these movies before he joined yeah. the the DCEU. I'm sorry. It's been yeah. freaking Affleck. So. Mm-hmm. Well, he was until he did Geely. And then <laughs> and then he kind of fell off a little bit. But uh, yeah, so it's funny that you bring up that narrative of everybody hating Affleck because there's also the counter narrative in the same cult that is uh, saying... Oh, he was going to be, he was open to being Batman more after this. He was like, James Gunn's ruining everything because we were going to have Cavill and Ben Affleck back. Like, they, James Gunn, look at James Gunn ruining everything again. And I'm just like, how are y'all in the same group? Like, it, it's like when you see somebody in a family that are complete polar opposites, I'm like, how are, how are y'all related? Like, it makes no sense. Yeah. And that's just kind of how that cult is. Like they can't even get on the same page with each other. Um, and it's like, and I, I love when I see them fighting each other. It's the best. Like, I'm like, well, you have Snyder photos, but you're talking shit to another Snyder fan. Like what is going on here? Like it, it's just like, such a weird dynamic that. The yeah. Cult has. So I was able to find one of the original articles talking about the writer's room. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one on that list is Christina Hudson. Okay. Nice. So she is a part of it. Yeah, uh, so that's cool. I don't know if Ben Affleck, if they were just making that all that shit up about him saying he wanted to continue playing Batman. I didn't see any, like, wording on that. Um, I just, you know, he 
he said some other things. I only heard the other stuff, which is a spoiler stuff. So by the way, we're about to talk about a spoiler right now. So skip ahead a minute or two, uh, maybe five minutes to be safe, because we're about to talk about a spoiler for the flash. Uh, one, two, three, now. Okay, so Ben Affleck has said that he, there's a moment in the Flash where Wonder Woman saves his ass again. Yeah. Yeah. So we talked about now. Granted, you can still view this one of two ways because you said a friend of yours was all like, "That might be the last time we ever see Wonder Woman in you know Shazam 2. Yeah. Um So. And you were like, I was like, no, no fucking way. I was like, there's no way. Like, she, the, James Gunn's already said, like, they'd be down to bring back Gal, all that kind of stuff. They just don't know what, yada, yada. And I was like, also, there's that rumor of The Flash, which you were like, well, we got a rumor that Henry Cavill and her scenes were cut. And I was like, I'll believe it when I see it. And so now we have Affleck talking about the movie where Wonder Woman saves his ass. I think at this point, he's probably seen the final product, so he would know. See, uh, I, I'm not entirely sure. I think that it's possible that he could have definitely seen the final cut. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if Tom Cruise is able to see the final cut and Ben Affleck isn't, that would be kind of He demanded up. it, though. And it's Tom Cruise. <laughs> he but brought the Scientologist the... out. Like, give me that movie right now, <laughs> or I'm going to the science gods. So, so. I, I want to talk a little bit about that. Um about Scientology? I think that's no, a no, different no, about podcast. Tom, about Tom Cruise <laughs> and the reason why they did it. Um, but we, like, this idea of there also being two different versions of the movie mm-hmm. has also been put out there with the screening of the film. There has mm-hmm. been apparently a version with the cameos, a version without the cameos, uh, and stuff like that. So, you know, there could have been a version of the movie where he definitely did see it, or of course he actually filmed it. So he worked with gal. So it's not the fact that he can say like, like he saw the final film and that's why he's talking about this cameo. It's because he worked with a coworker and he's like, yeah, Yeah. this person being wonder woman saved my life as Batman. Yeah. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. Why that's not NDA type of material blows my mind. It because in because the actual audio is like oh this is spoiler territory and I probably shouldn't you know the DC snipers or whatever they are yeah. like he jokes about it mm-hmm. and then he just shares it yeah um so for the fact that it's not uh NDA material like I'm very like it kind of throws fuel to the fire again this is me saying this don't take this the wrong way but this kind of puts fuel to the fire to that narrative of like yeah i'm not really into those movies anymore like you know mm. kind of just his wording on how he was talking about james gunn and the new yeah. dcu and everything else so it kind of has that like film snob ish tone yeah. to it of like nah, those movies aren't important this i'll spoil it anyway yeah where uh i love how he's like i just did my best performance but that would be the narrative which would be really weird if he's also taking a <laughs> shot at them like yeah you go see this movie that resets the whole universe where i just did my best performance you know what i mean yeah like um but theoretically or logically he won't be at the end of the movie so yeah maybe he's like oh yeah this is how i'm going out i'm going out with the dceu and then fucking that um i'm excited to see it i don't need to see anything else from that movie i just need to see the movie already and it's fast approaching we're already gonna be in april 
We're going to see the Mario movie, then the best movie of the year, Fast X, and then we're going to see The Flash. So um, I'm excited. I don't want to see any more trailers. I think if a second trailer comes out, I don't want to talk about it on the podcast because I'm not going to watch it. Um, yeah. Because that first trailer showed a lot. I'm I like, will good. probably watch the trailer. Like, yeah. just because it being everywhere on Twitter, I'm always on Twitter. So I'm going to probably watch it. Yeah, I will uh, withhold uh, information unless it's like juice. Holy shit. There's like this crazy thing. But I'm going to have you tell me if it's like super spoilery. Like if uh, you'd probably enjoy it more in the movie. So I'll have you. I'll, I'll Yeah, I'll let you know for sure. Yeah. Um, so um, speaking of that, this new news, this next news, because we're moving on. I think we got everything right. Possible Wonder yeah. Woman spoiler from that. Um, this next news. I feel like everybody's dividing this really crazy right now on social media um the idea of a clayface movie happening now mike flanagan who is this person i don't know the name so mike flanagan i think we've talked about him before on the pike uh on the podcast uh flanagan he has made a great last name uh movies like midnight mass he has done the midnight club um dr sleep um the not haunting uh what not dr midnight oh <laughs> i was like hold on uh he's done the movie hush he's done a whole bunch of horror-esque films yeah, yeah. um the haunting on on hill house uh the haunting uh by the manor so i guess that is a, some sort of series of movies mm-hmm. the haunting um he has been voicing the fact that he wants to make a Clayface movie. Yeah. Like it is very known that he has a pitch mm-hmm. now because of the knowledge that the general audience and his uh, fans and audience knows that he wants to make a Clayface movie is probably why this article was made in like in the first place. Yeah. Um, because I believe it was, who did I share? Um, in the discord i did go ahead and share the article stating that deadline states that he has pitched it to gun and dc studios Mm -hmm. almost immediately after this was posted uh flanagan himself said hey so the news today is entirely speculative Mm -hmm. when or if something like that ever became real i promise i will tell you guys yeah so i like that I really like this also kind of rubbing off on the fact that gun is doing this. Yeah. I think that more filmmakers and producers and things like that, again, it can get a little bit harder on the lower tier guys. Gun is at the top. And so he can definitely just be like, you know, cut that shit out. Yeah. Um, but being a filmmaker, like I think it's cool to be like, Hey, I'm not making that, but I mm-hmm. really want to. And trust me, I will let you guys know if it ever happens. I think that's cool. Yeah, we'll be talking about another person that still wants to make something here in a little bit. But um, as for the Clayface movie, the reason why I said it's separated is obviously some people are saying that it's been pitched to James Gunn. But a lot of other people are saying that he's the villain in Batman 2. Like, those are the two different narratives I'm seeing right now. It is. Yeah. So this is wild. Um, A friend of mine. uh a fellow podcaster still believes that this type of character will not work in the Batman universe with uh, Reeves' Batverse. 
mm-hmm. but he still thinks it'll be more of like a master of Di- master of disguise with possibly like like scarring and stuff on his face mm-hmm. like very generic stuff that you could possibly think of um so he's like a vfx artist probably essentially to change his yeah. face yeah um but i i do think that it wouldn't work personally now again i think that the the narrative of just like making every supernatural or fantastical character more realistic in this universe would be a little stale um but i also think that diving into the supernatural or fantastical even just a little bit in this already created universe um might be a little too jarring for people yeah and so i think it could very much get people to tear away from the idea of like oh yeah matt reeves is batman versus what i want because as the same friend uh fellow podcaster had said that like a lot of people aren't liking shazam too because it's more of the same thing mm-hmm. the batman was quote-unquote different because it was a longer form of narrative storytelling it was a detective story it was more of like the hbo-esque type of script and storytelling of like what you would look at with like true detectives and everything else put into a batman movie that was the pitch and i think they did do it it just wasn't our, our 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 vibe yeah so to then put the quote of the same stuff that we're getting into that universe i think Mm -hmm. people are going to be like that's not why i went to go see the batman yeah i went to go see the batman for this reason and now it's turning into the stuff that i don't want to watch so Mm -hmm. i'm not going to watch this anymore yeah you know yeah i think tonally it just doesn't work like you didn't set that up in the first movie so switching it it would be like if you watch anybody that watched gotham the first season and then watch the second season you're like what the fuck like this is very different and because the first season was supposed to be like a cop drama. It was supposed da- to be GCPD. I dare everybody to watch the first Fast and Furious movie and then skip all the way to seven. Yeah, skip all the way to nine. Be fucking, <laughs> they, they go to space. Like, you know? Um, that, that I don't think it'll be that dramatic of a change. Yeah. I still think that Reeves would be able to keep a lot of the tones of the Batman because I think that is simple. That is easy. Yeah. But like, I just think diving too much into uh, fantastical could be damaging to his universe. Yeah. And here's the thing. Uh, since Mike Flanagan, I don't, I've never seen any other movies, so I can't say like, Oh yeah, he would totally be able to pull this off. But just hearing that he's a possible horror type, it seems like he's a horror director. I don't think that's the best thing for Clayface. I don't think Clayface is necessarily a horror type character. You know what I mean? Now, if you're talking about like Swamp Thing or something like that, I can totally get the horror aspect. Maybe even like Man Bat. Although Man Bat scares me because of like if Sony was handling Man Bat, we saw what happened with fucking, you know, uh, Morbius. I'd be very scared with a character like that. But for the most part, I don't know if um, if a horror director is the, if the, good, the best thing for a Clayface type character, in my opinion. I... I think that it well if if that's not if if you th- don't think he is the right genre of filmmaker who do you think would be 
I'll always say Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro, but um, I don't know. But like, he's in the same genre. He is. Yes, he does like some of the action pieces, mm-hmm. but he is very much in the horror. Suspense, yeah, but so weird... is like David Sandberg and stuff, right? Um, so like, I mean, I guess I, I guess I'm actually countering my own argument because I do think people that can pull off horror really well can do anything. Um, but I think sometimes I, there are a lot of these horror directors want, they want to take superheroes and they make them scary. Right. I just don't think Clayface is a scary type of character and maybe people can disagree with me. That's totally fine. I've just never seen him as like scary. I've just seen him as like really cool and like manipulative because he could be anybody, you know what I mean? But I don't, I don't fear Clayface. I mean, if, in real life i'd be like what the fuck um but like when i'm watching him fight batman or something you know like it's not the case um but i don't know i mean maybe i'm just fucking talking out of my ass there because there have been plenty of horror directors that have proven me wrong um granted some people be like david sandberg's not that good look at his box office so i could be like oh that's fair you know but i I enjoyed the movies that i've seen from him um so yeah anyways i just don't uh i don't know like this because I've seen the trailers for the sleep or Mr. Sleep or Dr. Sleep or whatever it's called. And I was like, like, just imagine like that vibe with Clayface. I just don't think it works. You know? True. I, I would very much agree with you on uh, Guillermo del Toro uh, mm-hmm. with that vibe. Um, because you look at any of his trailers, uh, even his most recent one with like the whole circus, his latest live action, because his latest movie is Pinocchio on Netflix. But, um you look at his his one movie with like the circus that has bradley cooper in it i'm pretty sure it also has uh freaking uh oh shoot what's his name uh, uh freaking circus. green goblin from uh uh toby mcguire no 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 oh toby mcguire oh um william defoe yeah it has william defoe it has uh, bradley cooper um shit who else is in that movie um but it did do great in the box office because it was during COVID and like nobody went out to go see it. There was a lot of uh, POV rentals for it, um, but did not have a great box office, which is totally understandable during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but even that those trailers, I think they had a really cool vibe for what Clayface could be. Um, so I will I will stick with the horror esque, but mm-hmm. not super horror. I'm not gonna go. Like down the it. road of yeah yeah okay. yeah I mean yeah and now that I'm thinking about it I, I'm I did definitely um, kind of jump the gun because there have been plenty of horror esque people that have done other genre movies that are really good but uh, it does scare me because I do think eventually just because some have hit there's got to be some flops eventually you know what I mean and I'm worried about the flops and with and it's also. Uh, I, I might be a little biased here. Clayface is one of my favorite Batman villains. So if you do Clayface and you fuck it up a la Gotham, I'm going to be really pissed. Yeah. So like, I don't need him to be fucked up. And I think his first appearance should be in the DCU against Batman, not a solo Clayface movie and not something in the Batman where it's a serious tone. And that's what I've seen. A lot of people take this narrative of like, Oh, well, if he's only going to be somebody who wears a whole bunch of masks or does a whole lot of makeup to make himself look different, then they would much rather see him in the DCU as a fantastical character 
where yeah. you can actually see him transform. Yeah, I still think that with Clayface, the type of character he is, you can have that one moment where uh, you just get a bunch of people to come in and cameo. Like, what if you had, like, Ben Affleck to come in and cameo as Clayface for one scene, you know? Yeah. Or you had, like, I, I, I would be a dick and be like, hey, uh, Affleck and uh, Cavill, I need, I mean, Affleck, yeah, I need y'all to come in and, you know, do a little scene for us. And like, oh, yeah, 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 it's in the DCU. <laughs> uh, come in, you know? Um, but I, you know, you can do really fun shit with that. Uh, and just have like I don't know I think that'd be really cool. It always reminds me of how they handled Doctor Parnassus, the Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus, which was the movie that um, Heath Ledger was filming when he died. Uh, they came oh, in, yes. they, yeah, they brought yeah, yeah. in Johnny Depp, Colin Farrell, and um, the guy. Oh my God, um, it's not Fastbender. It's no, it was somebody I, I else. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I forget the other guy's name. Um, but yeah, that they, they brought them in and the way they played it off was every time they jumped through a portal, he changed his face. Yeah. So uh, which was very interesting. So with Clayface, every time like you go well, he walks into a different room or he's like trying to pull a con, it could be a different person, which I think would be really cool. Yeah. So um yeah, I don't know. I'd be very interested to see where that goes, but I just don't Clayface needs to be in the DCU and not serious and not a solo movie. The more that now that I know we're getting the DCU and how James Gunn is so willing to do like ups, like I was going to say uh, obscene, I wish um, like more uh, obscure. That's the word uh, characters. I don't want them anywhere else. If you're going to give me an Elseworld, totally fine. Would love Cavill to come back to do a Red Sun. I've been on fucking record for that. I think that'd yeah. be amazing because you could bring back the whole cast, the OG Justice League cast if you wanted to. Yeah. And I think that'd be amazing. Uh, kind of let them, you know, like, all right, that's cool. You know, I'd even be willing. No, I was gonna say I'd be willing to let Snyder come back, but no, I can't. I can't because then it'll just start up everything. You just can't do it. Um, but like for the respect of it, I'd be like, look, you're not gonna get anything else. I need. If I let Snyder come back, I'd be like, I'll let you come back. You need to say something about your fans. You need to tell them to shut the fuck up. Like that's just what you need. Let'd be like, hey, this is my last film with DC. I'm not going to make anything. I'm really appreciative of them for doing this. And then shut the fuck up. That's now, what I would do. But see this, I, I, I don't think, I think the fans have become so toxic. Like if, if it was come out, if it came out that Snyder worked with gun, people would call Snyder a snake. Like pe people would, would turn <laughs> I on would Snyder. love it. I think it, I think it would happen. Yeah. I honestly think it would happen. I would love it. But here's the thing though i i don't know man it is weird you're right you're right because i saw people like we obviously we live in it in america we live in a very political climate and people turned on trump when he like wore a mask or some shit like, like oh this traitor he wore a fucking mask and he got the covid vaccine blah, 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 blah. like i was just like yeah god damn so you, you're right wild. yeah uh that'd be, that would be fucking crazy for Zack snyder cultists to talk shit about Zack snyder uh, they all migrate to Ray Fisher. Yeah, we stand with Ray Fisher. Yeah. Um, which would be fucking wild. But moving on to uh, another uh, director who we haven't talked about in a really long time, but has made it known. Hey, I know y'all guys are doing the DCU over there and you're doing Brave and the Bold and Nightwing's probably going to be in it. I'm still down to do a Nightwing movie. Uh, Chris McKay showed up again. I thought he was the director of the Dungeons and Dragons movie, but apparently not. No, he is not. No. 
What ha- what has he done? Where has he been? Um, I was gonna ask the same question. Let's actually look. I uh, looked. The last his... thing was the Lego movie. No way. I'm pretty sure that was the last thing he's done. IMDb is really weird nowadays, so it's kind of hard to see. Like they mixed everything up. So, uh, it looks like uh he has also been a part of the uh the tomorrow war mm-hmm. on uh amazon prime he was the director of that oh yeah 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 which i heard was a really good movie uh it was actually really decent um and there's going to be like a universe uh, not a universe it's going to be like a trilogy of movies apparently mm-hmm. um looking forward to the second one and the rinfield the nicolas cage uh uh movie uh, where he's uh, Dracula, uh, the, the oh, okay. trailer that we keep seeing in in theaters. Yeah, he directed that movie. Oh, okay, so he's actually done something lately. Yeah, um, yeah. So he just said that he's still interested in it. He hasn't talked. I don't. I think the article I read said he hadn't talked to Gunn yet. So um, yeah, I would say he's probably not going to be a part of it anymore. I I don't think he will. I think it's just been too long. You know, um, I. You know, I, I've been seeing this a lot lately, and it's funny because I feel like people are starting to turn on him. David Ayer has been a big cheerleader for James Gunn uh, on Twitter. Um, and I feel like, I don't want to say the cheerleading is going to do this for him. I think he's going to get another shot at something in the DCU. Because um, James Gunn seems to like him. They talk a lot on Twitter. Um, Ayer's been very positive. And I don't know if that's what would be the future is we just get the air cut like finally in the future or if he gets another shot at something, if he gets another shot at something, what do you think he does? I he has I, not made anything good since Fury. He has not. Uh, and would you say that would be his better wheelhouse is the war movies? And if that's the case, do we go like, a the losers sequel, actually uh, i was gonna say a sequel yeah. to creature commandos or the losers or something with sergeant rock on his own yeah. like what what would you really say would be his his jive and the only thing again it always comes back to this if eric gets to come back people would scream and yell why doesn't Snyder get to come back yeah like i think it would just it's too risky yeah and my that's mind. true that's it's true. too risky in my mind but i will go ahead and also say i think this movies these universe and these characters are more important than the directors and writers that are attached to them yeah um so like maybe gun and this is totally possible maybe gun has already talked to both Snyder and air saying, Hey, we're going to go ahead and let y'all do something like, yeah, maybe he already has. So we'll see. He has spoken to them, um, whether the people want to believe it or not, but that is yeah. what he has said on Twitter that he has spoken to both of them, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, so that is all the movie news, but we do actually have quite a bit of comic news for this week. Uh, first being, uh, not something I'm very happy about. And it has been revealed because I think what was it? What happened this past weekend? WonderCon was that yes. the big convention? So WonderCon yep. happened. DC. That's usually where DC is located. I mean, well, Anaheim's not that far from LA, 
Um, but what ended up happening was there was a lot of stuff about Dawn of DC. We got to see some stuff about Tom King. We'll be talking about in a moment. But the big thing that people are talking about on Twitter with a lot of groans is a Bat-Cat showdown event that is going to be happening. Now, there wasn't really any, how do I say, um, details about it. We know that right now that Bruce Wayne is in an alternate universe with another Selena Kyle. Which, by the way, Juice made me read the latest yeah. issue, which is one week away, basically. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a big talking point in our yeah. comics reviews. So just be prepared for that. Yeah. Clay stopped reading it. <laughs> yeah. At one point, I stopped. I had to go back. Yeah. But I stopped reading it. Yeah. So uh, tune in next week for that. But uh, what I want to say is it, it, there was no detail. So we don't know if this is going to be Bruce fighting that Elseworld Selena because it. I don't know when it said it was supposed to happen. But, you know, we only get one one thing a month. Uh, this next issue is 134. Then that means in May will be 135. June will be 136. And I think that's when it starts. So, so I am looking at the article now. Um, this does it says at the June 2023 solicits. So mm -hmm. this will be the uh, June release. Um, it'll be Batman. 136 yeah um we have talked about how zadarsky is legitimately writing clearly for the trade yeah how many issues has he been in the alternate universe i think it started i think he got so he started on 125 so 125 126 127 128 129 130 would be six issues would be the first trade so he so got one, probably sent back he got sent to the universe on 136 one on yeah. 31 yeah he's right? where the first start yeah so maybe because i want to go ahead i'm not going to of course show anything via this recording uh or talk about it but looking at the issue that comes out next week mm -hmm. the numbering is uh let's see here it comes out on the first week 134 yeah so this is literally in two weeks i'm gonna go ahead i'm gonna go ahead and agree with your somewhat prediction mm -hmm. that this isn't the selena that we know yeah but yeah she's probably gonna fight the alternate universe one i will say this the catwoman solicit does it in any way tease a showdown with batman so the weird thing, they, they talk about a showdown with Eco, which is the current Catwoman, while Selena's in jail. Apparently, they're going to have differences of how Gotham should be run. Hmm. So I don't understand what's happening because they're crossing over. So the only way, Selena's not in an alternate universe. So you would assume it's both of the things to get people to buy Catwoman and Batman. So let me go ahead and read both of these solicits just real quick yeah. so we can get a better idea of what this will look like. So mm -hmm. Batman 136 is going to be in June. So it says here, Failsafe and Red Mask have forever changed Batman 
and Gotham isn't as welcoming as it once was, can Batman remind them who he is? Can he remind Catwoman? Question mark. The future of the Bat book starts here and everyone's world is about to explode. So not really giving a whole lot of insight on whether, you know, what this showdown will look like. Yeah. But the Catwoman number 56 solicit says, what's the saying? Two cats are better than one. Unless you're in Gotham and the two cats in question disagree on how the city should be run. With Selena freshly out of jail, Eco has some unfinished business as Catwoman that Selena confronts her about. Meanwhile, Selena has some unfinished business on her own and pays a visit to her sister, Maggie. Yeah. Uh, which sister? You know, which sister are we getting? Because if if one bad day is continuity, her sister works at like Walmart now. Whereas her sister's always been in a wheelchair since Black Mask yeah. met her. So I'll be interested to see where they go with that. Um, so yeah, possible events crossing over or possible Zadarsky having his Selena, his new Selena fight. Either way, I think this is just garbage. And reason why is, you know, Catwoman and the Batman have been garbage lately. And it blows my mind because, again, I've read some of Daredevil. That's great. I don't know how this Batman is this bad. But from what I've seen, Zadarsky is doing Batman. Uh, he's doing Batman. He's doing uh, Daredevil still. That should be ending like in September or something like that. And he's also, I believe he's the artist and writer for his indie book. So, like, this dude's working a lot. Yeah. And I'm just like, why like I, I don't know i i i've said this a million times i think if you're gonna have somebody on your bat book they should only be doing the bat book um because i feel like it's suffering but i think dc is just like it's gonna sell no matter what it's batman so they probably don't care you know yeah um i just i have no faith in zadarsky or howard at this point to produce anything good in these two characters so this showdown does mean nothing for me and also, I know a lot of people are like, it's just because they're, they're destroying the Batcat relationship. It, when you look back on it, I'm just like, it, it just reminds me that DC is so set on destroying any good relationship Batman has. We could talk, he just fought his son for the badrillionth time. We had an issue with that. Yeah. What's next? He's going to fight the whole Bat family? You know? Like, oh yeah, he has a problem with Nightwing again. Oh look, oh he's got a problem with Batgirl. Like, if I'm going to go ahead and throw a prediction out there. There will be yet another confrontation between Red Hood and Batman. Yeah, probably. Because people love it. Yeah. And we enjoyed the last one because there was actual consequences for Red Hood's choices. Yeah. Now, we then saw later on in that same run, while we were kind of off and on on Red Hood, there was a moment during the stories of Heroes in Crisis that Bruce conf confronted Jason to tell him about Roy. And that mm -hmm. was a really good issue. We yeah. really enjoyed that. But like, we're kind of tired of the confrontation of family and destroying of relationships. Like, yeah, we want to see progression with our characters, not regression. Yeah. And that also brings me to, um, you know, we had Raphael mention like, oh, yeah, this is Raphael, I believe, was the one that shared this originally, the Batcat event. And he mentioned something along the lines of, oh, look, they're just constantly trying to erase everything that Tom King has done in the books. 
And he mentioned with the re he was like, especially after reading the recent flash. And I was like, I don't read flash. So I have no idea what you're talking about. So clay had to fill me in on what's going on with that. But he also made a comment of Raphael feels like DC feels like Tom King's run ended at 50, which I feel is a very interesting point because they constantly reference that. Um, you know, and so I'm just like, yeah, I, I could see that. Uh, yeah. the, the constant reference of, but also if I'm not mistaken, I'd have to go back and read it. I feel like Williamson commented on King's run. We know Jeff Johns did. Jeff Johns 100% made King's run continuity in that first issue of uh, Flashpoint Beyond. Yeah. So I don't know. So like, it's really weird. But you mentioned the Flash issue that we talked about is out already, right? So it came out this yes, week or it, two it, weeks it, ago, it, something like that? It did come out. We can talk about it. Um, the the issue at hand, there is the one-minute war going on in yeah. uh, The Flash currently. And basically, these invaders uh, who basically siphon off uh, Speed Force energy mm. uh, are able to move as fast as speedsters, have basically stopped time on earth and the only people that are available to move are the speedsters uh during this time uh wally mm -hmm. um the flash um attempts which to, one uh is the uh, other one just called wallace now is that how they yeah, differentiate yeah wally and okay. wallace okay. um wally um uses a camaro um kind of uh gear headed with all the other spear uh speedsters uh, to siphon off uh, speed force energy with him mm. and they're trying to destroy this tower that is helping the enemy while driving it he is going so fast uh, causes an explosion and people think he's dead mm. well we find out that he didn't die he just went through the speed force so fast that hit that it basically threw him into a pocket dimension mm -hmm. um, uh, where they used to call it planet flash um, it was apparently uh, future Wally's like name for it, yeah. um, but they have since called it something else, and I can't uh, remember what they, what they called it. Um, but all the characters that are in that pocket dimension are literally every single hero that died during Heroes in Crisis. Mm -hmm. So they didn't actually die when Wally accidentally got so anxious and uh basically killed everybody when he mm -hmm. when he just exploded with speed force energy and all the lightning like killed everybody we thought yeah. no it actually just sent them to an alternate dimension mm -hmm. um and so they are all back and alive kind hmm. of retconning the the events of heroes in crisis but juice brought up a very good point that was literally stated in the same comic that this has happened. Um, Juice, uh, when we were talking about it, sent me a text. Let me actually see if I can find that text. Or did I send it to you? I don't know why it's not loading. Yeah, up right yeah, no, it should be on there. I was, I said something along All the right lines. Here. Yeah, okay, go for it. Yeah, so Juice said, uh, aren't speedsters unaffected by time like the stuff they cause? I said, yes, ironically, they talk about that in the exact same issue. So this conversation is between um, Barry and uh, Wally's wife um, talking about how 
um, they think Wally might just be dead because of mm-hmm. the events that take place. Um, she says he's not coming back, is he? Which can't be true because you just said we're sending the fraction, uh, the fraction back in time, which means everything that they did is undone. And Barry says, I think it will turn back time, save the world. But Wally isn't like every temporal being. He, mm-hmm. we are a part of the speed force. There's a reason we can remember our universe being rebooted countless times. We're separate from our regular quote unquote continuity for the lack of a better word. Yeah. Yeah. So this is definitely something I, when you explain it in that context, it doesn't really bother me too much as a King fan because it still keeps what happened in King story factual. It's yeah. just, there's just like, oh, there was, I do think it's kind of stupid. They're like, oh yeah, you randomly got teleported to a pocket dimension, but your body was here. But to be fair, same kind of shit happened when Batman got sent back in time. His body turned into a zombie body, like disintegrated kind of in Superman's arms. And he was just sent back in time. So there's precedent for that. So um, as a comic book fan, I'm like, okay, you know, it's a shrug. But also like you have to remember the tragedy happened the mm-hmm. feelings left on these characters happened. Yeah. Like, and I think that is the story that King was telling rather mm-hmm. than just like, hey, there's dead bodies everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people forget. Uh, we talked about it recently. I think DC needs more controversy like that um, because, I mean, we talked about it, how they've also retconned this story. But that story of what was it? Heroes United or that one fucked up story where they erase Batman's memory and everything. Cause there's like a rape in it. Oh, uh, 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 identity crisis, identity crisis. I think that story is fucking fantastic because that also spread out to a whole bunch of other comics. I ended up reading because that story was so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, comic fans are very fickle. So it's like, you hurt my best, you know, whatever. Uh, people are upset at Tom King right now. Cause he said, Tim Drake is boring, which I've been preaching that shit for a long time. <laughs> and people are upset about, cause anything you can hate I... King for. I looked at the art for the Tim Drake story Mm -hmm. and it is good. Right. You would have done that on page one. He might still have a fucking book because it got canceled. And it's just like, why didn't you like, you cannot put goofy art on a a one book, like a number one. So I'll say this for a character that you're trying to make more relevant because of his representation in the uh, LGBTQ community. Yeah. And wanting to make him more of a serious character for people to enjoy, you can't want to do that and Mm -hmm. then make his art really goofy and choose an artist that is known as some like is is known as a art style that people do not enjoy on a regular ongoing story. Yeah. I have a question for you, because now, Tim Drake, you cannot say that they did not try to do the boyfriend relationship with Tim Drake in this book. And it failed. If they were to not necessarily retcon, I think you can still have the boyfriend, a part of his life or whatever, but they go back to the love interest of Stephanie Brown. Do people bitch? Cause those people I, I feel like that would bitch weren't buying that fucking book. Here's the thing though. He's not gay. He's bisexual. Yes. Um, so, but I feel like, but who's actually really gay in in comics, right? Like everybody that's had a girlfriend, oh, they're just bisexual now because it's an uh, easy out. 
if they want to retcon it, it, it back. It is an easy out, and yeah. I think it's very, very stupid for them to keep doing it. Because John's um, technically bisexual, isn't he? Or like they haven't said he's like, oh, I only like men, right? They, I think they have come out to say that he is bisexual. Yeah. I don't think he. They have said he is gay. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to think of, I mean, other than Batwoman, who mm. no longer has a title for I don't know how long now. Yep. Um. I think uh freaking the question um freaking Montoya Montoya she has a mini series going on now which I believe just recently ended mm-hmm. like we're not getting a whole lot of like just like hardline gay yeah characters yeah and there's good ones out there and yeah. I don't I understand like I just don't get it because here's the thing that sucks right it's funny like it's okay to be pissed at king for ruining Wally West or whatever, right? Like, oh, I can't believe we had real. But like, how do you feel about the people that loved Tim Drake and Stephanie Brown? You know what I mean? That loved that relationship, and it's like, oh yeah, that can never happen again. You know, I feel like that it sucks for those fans, but it's it. I feel like some people would be like, oh, you just hate it because he's gay now. It's like, no, I I love that. I love that connection they had. Like, they had so many stories together. You know, she's the fuck up. And he's like one of the golden boy Robins, you know? Yeah. But he loves her no matter what. Like, that's a good fucking story. And she tries to live up to his, like, peak. And she tries to look good in Batman's eyes. But she just constantly messes up. And she has a bad family. And Tim Drake, depending on which Tim Drake we're using, he has, like, a fucking amazing family. Or he's also had tragedy. So they have, like, trauma bonding. Like, Yes, and it's very, very very odd the way they portray these characters. Because... Mm -hmm. We look at Stephanie and Tim at the beginning of Rebirth. They're talking about college. They're talking about their futures together. Yeah. And then we look at this most recent, like, soft reboot-ish with Mm -hmm. Batgirls. Both Stephanie and Cassandra are portrayed as something that could be, like, teenage. Like, young teenage. And then you look at the art of Riley Rosmo and the way that Tim Drake is acting in his own book. You're looking, okay, did he de-age also? Like, yeah. th- it's so weird. And it could get messy when trying to push that narrative again because people are confused. Like, Stephanie was just 14, like, three weeks ago. Why is she yeah. college years again? And, like, it could get very messy. But I think DC puts themselves in these corners that makes like their their narratives and progression for these characters get all fucked up. Yeah. I would love to see a return to that. Um because if I'm not mistaken, again, if you're talking about putting people in the Bat family that for representation's sake, they had Blue Jay right there. Well, Bluebird, fucking stupid ass name. Yeah. Um, you know, they have Bluebird there, which I believe she's lesbian. If I'm yes. not mistaken, I could be wrong. Um, or maybe it's her brother. I always get it confused. Her brother might be gay. I always get that story confused, but I think she's representation. I'm pretty um, sure she is gay. Um, one of the things that I know that they've done recently on Young Justice is they they put that representation there. Okay, so yeah, maybe that's where I'm getting it from. But um, so yeah, you had that character right there that was clearly part of the Bat family. Snyder made her part of the Bat family. Um, she was in Catwoman when Catwoman was kind of like, oh, I have a girlfriend uh, in New 52 as well. And again, they just, they're like, 
we need a bigger name to do that. I John Kent seems to be doing really well with his story. So that's awesome. I'm so happy about that. But Tim Drake, apparently the Robin everybody loves, can't even hold a book. Well, I will say this also. One thing about Jonathan Kent, and again, this may not be the case for Tim, mm -hmm. and that may be the fault of ours for not reading it, but the way I read John Kent, when reading his story, he is bisexual he has a relation a relationship with a man mm -hmm. but it's not on every page like other people may want you to think that it is mm. like okay. people people bitch and complain about him being bisexual and harass uh tom taylor for the mm -hmm. fact that he is in a gay relationship with this man and they do make it sound like why are these people having sex in every issue like yeah that's what it makes it sound like but you read it it's a just a regular superman adventure and mm -hmm. then like hey he has a conversation with a person that he's in a relationship with oh they kiss okay like every other relationship like, yeah it's not in your face trying to again push this narrative yeah like, they're just in a relationship it's normal the way that like in spoilers for shazam if people haven't seen it but shazam 2 when they're all like probably one of the our favorite parts of the movie when they're like okay you just all need to share your secret out right now and Pedro is the one that's like, I'm gay. And they're like, yeah, we know. Like, yeah. because it's normal. It's something that should pe people should, should be, okay be normal. With. It should some be normal. people think it's yeah. not. It should be normal. Not. And it should be something that people are okay with. Yeah. And that's how Tom Taylor treats it in John's story in yeah. Superman. And I wonder if in the narrative in Tim Drake's book, if they're pushing it a little too much. And not I've skimmed it through it. Normal -esque. I've skimmed through it, and it's definitely a part of it because he's trying to keep his identity from the boyfriend. So that's like a big thing. Because I think the boyfriend doesn't know that he's Tim. Drake. Ah, see, so and that's the difference with Taylor's yeah. story, where the uh, boyfriend knows the boyfriend knows okay. that he is both Jonathan Kent. I I also do Mary. think that there the difference though is John Kent is a newer character. Whereas Drake has decades of of backlog, you know? He has okay. decades of yeah. fans. Because yeah. John Kent, we saw him age fucking 20 years or whatever the fuck he is now, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he was a child, and then he was a fucking teenager overnight. And we were like, huh? Uh, which is a, a thing we did not agree with. But DC's still running with it. And they're like, all right, well, he's a brand new character. You can't say, like, I've been reading John Kent for fucking the last 40 years, and he was never gay. It's like, no. He fucking, he, we saw him grow up. Like, so you can't say shit about that. I think Tim Drake has a history. I'm not a big fit Tim Drake fan, but I can see the argument. Doesn't mean the argument's right, but I can see the argument. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, but I'm just thinking like, because, you know, I, uh, we're going to talk about the Tom King stuff right now, but I constantly write a bunch of ideas down for like, if I ever get to do a Batman run. And if I was ever going to write Tim Drake, I would involve Stephanie Brown because I enjoy that relationship. And I'm like, man, does that just kill anything I do? Like, or if I automatically have him like, oh yeah, they're dating. I was like, oh, there we go. He fucking just erased, you know, it's, it's uh, what do they call it? Erasure. Uh, you yeah. know, and I'm like, no, it's not the case. Like I could easily, I could easily mention that he had a boyfriend. Like, oh yeah, he used to have a boyfriend, but you know, him and like anything relationships, they change. didn't work out. Yeah. And Stephanie's always been there. 
And he's like, oh, you know what? I it took it took other relationships for me to appreciate you. And people need to understand that there are bisexual men who are in relationships with women. Yeah, from my uh, experience, a lot of them like they. It's like they're like, yeah, I'm bisexual, but I my preference women. is yeah. women. Same thing yeah. with women. Like, and and I there's that's why there's a, like a lot of people will be like, oh, comedians are terrible at this. There's a lot of comedians that make jokes about how the LGBT community thinks bisexual people are selfish, you know, <laughs> like they're like, oh, yeah, just double dipping over here. Like, you know, <laughs> and so and, and I understand that. But it's like the same because and I also think it's like, which I think is a stupid argument because it's supposed to be accepting. But it's all like, oh, so you're just playing the part, but you're like doing the straight thing. And it's like, no, they admit that they can be attracted to the other sex, but they, you know, they met somebody that is a female or male and that's what they're doing. Like, what's wrong with that? Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, I just don't like this arguments. Like as I get older, man, I'm just, I know I'm just more in the middle on everything. Like, I'm just like, what's the context? Let me see this. Let me see that. And I was like, no, I'm you're, you're overreaching. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and like, I don't know. Cause I would love to write a Stephanie Brown, Tim Drake story, even if it's like a one shot. But it just sucks that I feel like it would come with some animosity. But I'm like, dude, we tried it and it didn't work. Like, where were where is why why didn't that book sell? I think the art sucks. That's probably part of it. Yeah. Um, but that's why I think if you're gonna try to tell these representation stories, you need to have a good artist on it. Um, but anyways, let's move on to talking about me writing Batman stories. I've got a bone to pick with fucking Tom King here, okay? Because Tom King is writing. Uh, Brave and the Bold. We know this. It has been said that Brave and the Bold is going to be kind of like an anthology book. And there's going to be multiple stories from different writers in the Brave and the Bold. But Tom King is going to have a four-part story about the first time Batman meets Joker. I'm a little pissed here, Clay. Because I have a story that is the first time Batman meets Joker. Are you willing to retcon your favorite writer? Oh, I'm going to retcon some shit he's done. Uh, uh, for sure. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm retconning everything after Tom King. 100%. Fuck all of that noise. Um, but I've said that. I, as much as I love Tom King's writing, he has done some things in his Bat universe that I definitely would retcon. I don't like that he kind of made Selena just like a dumpster baby. I don't like that. That would be retcon. Because yeah. I like the idea of Selena just having bad parents. She had a parent that's from Cuba. She, I want people to remember that. I got to hold on to any Latinos I got around here. So that she's half Latino. Um, so Cuban mother, Irish father. I like that heritage. And they just broke, they grew, she grew up in a broken home. I like that. I don't like the, oh yeah, she's Falcone's daughter. I don't like that bullshit. I like that she just came from a broken home because I also think she's Batman's true love interest. He came from a super wealthy family that had a tragedy, right? So they're like fucking trauma bonded. Like, you know what I mean? But um, I would wreck on that. But I just, when I read this, right? Because I'm always down to Tom King Batman. I'm always down. But when I read that this is the first meeting between Joker and Batman, I was like, God damn it, King. You fucking <laughs> asshole. Like, eventually it had to happen, right? I'm going to read this 100%. And I am going to hope that I can scoot around this in some way without having to completely retcon it. Because King, obviously, he, he knows Batman. He knows how to write Batman. So this could be a fucking amazing story. And I'm just going to be like, God damn it. Now I need to change my shit. 
But um, I don't know. So just reading that, I mean, the art looks amazing by Gerard's. Like he has these panels of like Gordon just smoking a pipe. And I'm just like, that looks awesome. Uh, and then there's like an it reference kind of where there's this little kid with an umbrella, which also kind of reminds me of my neighbor Totoro, which yeah. I, I, that's what I thought of immediately. And then somebody was like, oh, yeah, look at it. You know, he's holding a balloon. I'm like, oh, yeah, clown balloon. I get it. Um, but I thought of my neighbor Totoro like immediately. And so, yeah, there's just like these terrifying photos of Joker, which looks really great. And it's supposed to be their first encounter. And so I'm just like, oh, that sucks. Now, the one out that I have here, Clay, is I could write it in the style of, you know how Joker constantly lies about his origin? He could lie about their first meeting. True. Mm -hmm. That is true. But what if it's in, what if this story is like, what if what if Gunn makes it like a hard perspective on Batman? Tom King, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, we'll have I'll have to wait and see on that, right? Like, if he what would suck is if he does something in this first book that becomes iconic, like the but I'm still here. You can't you can't retcon that. It's just too badass. I'm like, fuck, god damn it, King, piece of shit. Uh, so like we'll see. But uh, I, I'm excited for the book, but I will say as somebody who's been planning out his Batman run for a really long time, uh, granted, that story I don't think would have been a part of my Batman run. It's just something I wanted to write, like a one-shot. Uh, I was just kind of like, God oh, damn it. You had to do that, King. You could do anything, man. You have the world at your fingertips, and you're doing that. Also, his Wonder Woman so far from the panels I've seen looks awesome. Dude, this artist on Wonder Woman... I like I'm like where has this person been? This yeah. is amazing art. I'm yeah. really looking forward to it. Um I'm very kind of hesitant and curious on what kind of story King has for Wonder Woman. Yeah. Again, there's always going to be the haters so you're going to hear complaints, but I just I'm curious to see what kind of story he has. I'm curious about him being on a ongoing series. Yeah. which is going to be wild. Might have to pick up that series weekly um see how it goes but i'm trying to get away from picking up comics but we'll see uh maybe maybe at least the first couple issues i'll get for sure um but anyway so yeah king uh, out here uh stealing my ideas and um zadarsky howard not making me interested in my two favorite characters so that fucking sucks but that's all we got for news ladies and gentlemen we're gonna move on to listener questions now um first we have only one in the discord from the ponderer which i'm just going to shorten this down because he kind of wrote a little paragraph here talking about robert pattinson and christian bale uh basically he wants us to compare between which batman is better but we can only use batman begins as the reference since robert pattinson only has the batman which is better the first batman two begins. movies um i'm gonna choose batman begins because it actually gives you more insight on the training and everything else. Yeah. Whereas, and again, a lot of people can say, oh, well, you can't say that because Pattinson's Batman is year two and not year one. Yeah. Um, We still get nothing from Pattinson's Batman. We're just, okay, Batman. Like, yeah. this, you could technically say, if that's the case, it should be the Dark Knight and the Batman. Which, yeah. sorry, the Dark Knight's going to win that every single time. Yeah. Um. I mean, uh, Rising's a more entertaining movie than fucking The Batman, in my opinion. So, 
and that's got some randomness in it. But yeah, I don't know. I, I ponder. What did you think we were gonna say? Like, like he. Just, I think he just likes to hear you complain, complain, yeah. or diss on the Batman, which yeah, is weird yeah. because he enjoys it, and I would think that he would want to hear more people praise it than. Yeah, Bash. maybe he has a hatred kink, you know. Maybe he's like, "Yeah, I want to hear him talk about it bad." <laughs> My favorite thing. Um, but yeah, I don't have the YouTube pulled up. I don't know if you have YouTube pulled up. Um, I do so. have it pulled up right here. Um, yeah. going by newest first, we're gonna go all the way down to read the oldest ones. Um, first one is from Metallica. Um, what would you think if TV shows went back to the four to three ratio and movies were the only ones that did the 16, nine ratio? My thoughts, I feel it might make it easier to know what you are watching. Plus Disney CEO Bob Iger just said that streaming is not as profitable as broadcast TV 4.3 might reduce the production cost because they will have to decorate up and down instead of left to right in four three you see less of the background so shots would cost less to decorate what do you think well i feel like that's i mean things have changed since four three was the standard right like mm -hmm. cgi is a thing now and yep. like cgi you can film anything you want and you don't need to go out to uh, you don't need to build amazing sets because like it's like all going to be digital. So I don't agree with that necessarily. I hated watching Snyder's movie with the black Whoa. bars on the side. I fucking <laughs> hated it. So so just just Metallica even commented on his own comment yeah. and says also if you remember what four three if you don't remember what four three looks like the Snyder cut was four three. And he yeah. goes wait now that I think about it the Snyder cut was not cheap at all yeah but that's just because he did too much like he's yes. fucking you know he's notorious for going over budget i hate 4-3 well here's the thing 4-3 is nostalgic to me because that's what we grew up on it was mm -hmm. the tube tvs you know it was the square yep. tvs and you know that's why like if you ever watch like friends or something like that the sides are cut off there's like little black bars because they can't they can't just make up extra yeah they, they they can't stretch it yeah. yeah you can stretch it but you're gonna be missing a lot of stuff like yeah. fucking you're gonna have half of ross's face and you're like what the fuck like what this is a weird zoom in um but like no four three it's a thing of the past all the every tv is made for 16 by 9 yeah so like why would you want to go back um and that's why i was so just annoyed by snyder's thing it's like oh, we shot it in imax i'm like bitch i don't have an imax tv <laughs> well, well that's not gonna be a good viewing experience at home but like i don't know so i would absolutely hate that i don't think it would change costs to be honest mm -hmm. i don't think that would really matter because you gotta imagine you're just not building wide you're building up so it's like oh we gotta go fucking higher like what well, that isn't why um yeah. so no i don't because right now because they could build low sets like you're going to still be using the same shit. I know? think that the uh, the technology that they use now, the volume, yeah. um, uh, very famously used by Disney, um, uh, they used it uh, with uh, Black Adam a whole lot. I think that that is minute whenever mm -hmm. you go back to 4.3. I think it kind of ruins it. Um, yeah. Just because the volume is kind of fixed. It does work with like smaller sets. Um, which does help with the 16.9. Yeah. Yeah, so I would... Um, something should stay in the past, is what I'll say. 
You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Did, uh, it, this is totally off topic, but I was gonna make I was gonna make a comment about like CDs, right? CDs don't need to come back. CDs are gone. We don't need that ever again. But I saw a thing that like apparently vinyl records are fucking huge. I was right just now. A, I was just about to say the sale of vinyl records has skyrocketed yeah. in the last three years for some reason, mm-hmm. and you going on your little mondo um rant the other day um even showed that you have some abby is so determined for us to get a record player yeah she wants to buy records mm-hmm. and it's so weird that we don't progressively she go wants backwards. to buy taylor swift records huh yeah she does yeah yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. it's just it's so wild to me that we don't progressively go backwards instead of like going straight back to 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 records like we don't go yeah. back to cds and back to tapes and then records yeah. no we just make a full jump back to records it's wild i think it's one it was a nostalgia thing right like there's always a nostalgia thing that happens but vinyl records people have always said have a clearer quality um mm-hmm. and i also think it's nice to have something just in your house like randomly moving in the background but it's also playing music like i think that looks yeah. kind of cool right like my dad bought a fucking jukebox and like he's like when nice. we build our new house like i'm i want a jukebox in my game room area or like my man cave or whatever and so he bought like it's like one of those ones you see at sam's club or whatever right yeah like this, it has all the colors on it and everything and it looks awesome it's been in a box for years but like it looks awesome and so um i don't i, I don't know if it's all digital like i don't know if i was like dad you gotta put cds in that bitch like you know <laughs> like that would suck I it might be all digital to make things like interesting and maybe it just has like the flipping motion. I don't know. We didn't open it. So I, I don't know. It just looks cool. Man, that um, just rem- that just brings me back to the days of like going to Pizza Hut and going yeah. to the jukebox and, and And if you put on a shitty song everybody's like, "Boo! Boo, <laughs> this song sucks." Like, yeah, that was that was some wild shit back in the day. But uh yeah, vinyl records. The cool thing about vinyl records though is like the art that you can put on the like there's so much more space to like yeah. make something really cool and collectible. That's why I have all those Batman collectible ones is because they make them look awesome. But anyways, yeah, something should stay in the past, but if it's cool enough, it'll make a comeback. I don't think aspect ratio is something people are fucking like, "Oh my god, I wish we could clamoring for." It. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So anyways, but next up we got Eduardo de la Cruz. All right, you guys are really trying, and you're still, I'm going to say, failing with this whole Condiment King thing. Okay, Condiment King versus Aunt May. Now, this is the first thing I thought. Okay, I'm like, which Aunt May? Hot Aunt May? Because I would lose to Hot Aunt May. I'd be like, yeah, you win. Like, so, like, you know, fucking Tom or uh, Tom Holland Aunt May winning 100%. The second Aunt May uh is also a badass female like she's been in some crazy movies like she's dope uh, yeah. i forget what her name is isn't that forrest gump's mom yes yeah uh freaking uh, uh i forget her actress's Mrs. name uh sally sally fields yeah, uh, yeah. she ain't was fucking in with freaking, sally fields. Uh, miss Steph, miss Stephfire. It that's sally fields that's young yeah. sally fields yeah holy shit i didn't remember that i remember i was like oh that's forrest gump's mom you ain't fucking with forrest gump's mom so like sorry condiment king and then you have Aunt May, and like you have old Aunt May from the Tobey Maguire ones. And I was like, I had to like fucking unlock a memory. I was like, pretty sure Aunt May fucks up Doc Ock. Yeah, and I she went gets her yeah. purse or her umbrella cane. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the cane. Yeah, yeah. 
fucks up his glasses and hits him on the side of the head. Yeah, yeah and I was all like, I went back and I saw the scene. And I'm like, oh yeah, she's fucking up, Condiment King. <laughs> and so Aunt May, no matter which one you pick, wins. I think Clay even said he's she stands up to people in the comics. Yeah, she stand up to Kingpin. She stand up to Mister Negative, to Green Goblin. Like she is a she ain't no bitch. She yeah. is going to stand up for what she believes in, and that's the whole point of like why Peter Parker is the person that he is is because he was raised by Aunt May and Uncle Ben. Yeah. So I I still think that Aunt May is beating the shit out of Condiment King. Yeah, for sure. Good try though. You, you tried to play the old card, but. Yeah. Uh, also, I'm going to say corpses don't count because I feel like somebody's going to be like, oh, let's just put a dead person there. I want corpses don't count, but I also think Condiment King would probably trip over a corpse. So uh, corpses got a chance. Uh, anyways, we also got Nolan Scarecrow versus Reeves' Riddler. Nolan Scarecrow, maybe? Oh, but Reeves' Riddler does have the gangs. He, he has the gangs. Uh, Scarecrow, like... Do I do need... think his fear toxin. Yeah. I think his fear toxin is like pretty like fucked up. Mm-hmm. And so I think that could fuck up Riddler. Yeah. Um, Cause we, do we, we need got, to keep this to a one V one. Like, do we include I, gangs? You know, I, I will say one V one. Okay. But I will say resources on that person. So, okay. For Riddler, he used like, uh, like a meat cleaver, used... like a thing to, uh, uh, like a mallet, right? Didn't he kill like that a mallet first guy or with a, a club or or a yeah. pipe, whatever? Um, and duct tape is is what we use. Yeah, uh, that what we saw him use. Scarecrow... Also got an iPhone to do his live streams. <laughs> so Scarecrow, uh, actually, no, he doesn't have an iPhone. No, because is uh, it on a laptop? Uh, so Apple has a hard contract uh-huh. that villains in movies cannot use iPhones. So wow. if there's so it's it it sucks if you're watching a mystery movie and you're trying to uh-huh. find out who the villain is. Look at everybody who's using an iPhone. They're all the good guys. Wow, I didn't know that. That's yeah. weird. So uh if you there's an interview recently with uh Ryan Johnson talking about uh that type of contract with mm-hmm. Apple um when making uh the latest like Glass Onion movie. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can tell immediately who the bad guy is because of it. Oh, unfortunately, I yeah. would never use iPhones then. Like, so like I'm, I guess you couldn't even fake an iPhone, right? Because yeah. intellectually, like the the it looks the same. Mm-hmm. So you'd have to go like Samsung or something like that. Samsung's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't care, villains, good guys, anybody. We just want people to buy our phone. <laughs> like, yeah, they explode. So villains should use them. Um, but yeah, uh, so. I would go if it's one v one and Scarecrow has the toxin on him, I'd give it to uh, Scarecrow because I've seen Riddler cry, so I'm pretty sure he'd have a bad problem with the fear toxin, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then the last one, we got another Overwatch one: Harley Quinn versus Tracer. Tracer can go back in time three seconds. I I'm gonna give it to Tracer. Yeah, um, so. this one, she just has too much reach yeah uh whereas harley has uh yeah the guns the being able to move fast um and i just think that harley would have to get too close yeah and she has martial arts she has the mallet and she has guns 
but I think Tracer is just going to be too fast. Yeah, and Tracer then has a bomb. Like she has a mine that yeah. she can throw onto Harley. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, definitely uh, Tracer is going to win that one, in my opinion. Uh, Nathan's next up. Would you take the chance to be in a DC show, even if it was abysmal, like for example, Gotham Knights show? I think I would, even though it's so bad. <laughs> Because I, I just saw this thing from that prop master guy. He actually had, um, I don't know if you've seen this clip, Clay, but there's this guy, they're shooting an extras movie, or they're shooting a movie, and it's like all these extras, right? And it's this guy, um, and he has like very 80s type of hair, and he's wearing like a Letterman jacket and jeans, and they're like, I guess they're cheering on the football team or something, right? And they're focusing on this guy. He's right in the middle of the thing. And he's like jumping. He's like, yeah, yeah, go win the touchdown. And then he stops and he looks at the camera and he does a thumbs up and he winks. And and like everybody's like, what the fuck is that extra doing? So this prop master was talking about, they're like, hey, if you're ever an extra in a movie, there's plenty of people that try to do this. But the assistant director has the right to remove you if you're being a little too extra. So if you're an extra, don't be extra. And, like, that's kind of what they're doing. But this guy, you can tell, was trying to get onto the movie. Because he's like, yeah. And I read the comments. And apparently there are people that live for doing this. Like, they, there's, there was this one guy who wears the same outfit in every movie that he's an extra in. And he's, like, known as Suspender Guy. And he was trying to get into every shot he could as an extra. And the director was like, hey, get the fuck out of here. Like, you're, you're taking up, you're trying to be too, you're too noticeable or whatever. And he's like, yeah. well, then why am I even here? And he, like, walked off set or some shit like that. I'm just like, bruh, what? Um, so, like, yeah, I just think it's very interesting. But I, that's a story to tell, you know? Like, oh, yeah, I was an extra on that shitty show. Like you yeah. can still say it's shitty, but I, I'd be down. I mean, it's one of my goals to be on extra on something. Like you know, I just, just be like, oh look, 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 I die right here, massive explosion. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I would love to be the director, um, the cameo uh, in Shazam. You know what I mean? Like that shit was awesome. <laughs> I would love that. By a monster. Yeah, yeah I would great. love to die in a movie. Right? Like I'm gonna die eventually, but I'm like, oh, let me see me die a cool way. Like, yeah, because you know, there's no telling how I'm gonna die in real life. So, like, let me, yeah, explosion, get hit by a meteor or something like that. I'm just, like, I would need to be, like, the shocked death. Don't be, like, all right, we need you to act scared. I'm, like, no, dude, it's going to be cringe if I have to act scared. (laughs) You know, like, it's going to be terrible. Like, just let me be, like, I'm just walking and you departed me, you know? Like, I'm just getting out of the elevator, boom, dead. Like, that's what I want. Like, I just want, like, shock. Uh, So, I think that'd be kind of cool. Because, like, oh, yeah, we just need you to fall forward. I'm, like, got it. So, yeah. (laughs) But Gotham Knights, yeah. Uh, because I, I would just be trying to warn Robin. I'd be like, yeah, get away from Batman. It's fucking creepy. You know, the way she was talking. Uh, we got Clay up next. I got a part two to my question from a few weeks back. Which of these would be the most controversial? A black actor portraying Batman in the DCU, Brave and the Bold. A Robin slash main character coming out as non-binary. Batman bashing most of his ideas, or basing most of his ideas, on the bible from now on um okay yeah, so interesting for one you have basically Azriel as the as the last one so yeah yeah true. not not so controversial mm-hmm. um of course it's hidden behind a whole lot of supernatural stuff within the dc universe so yeah it but still it's there 
Um, but people so that- did get pissed at Batman being a quote unquote atheist in Tom King's run, which if you actually read the fucking book, he wasn't. That story is so freaking phenomenal. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I actually made a video on that on my old YouTube channel for people that are out here like, oh, he's an atheist. No, I'm like, you didn't read the fucking story. Yeah. Um, Because he's not. But anyways, um, so I wouldn't say that one would be that big of a a thing. The non-binary thing is very Fox News. Um, They would have an article on it. They would talk about it. They'd be like, oh, yeah, now Batman's coming out as whatever, whatever. Um. But I don't. Well, think he says it, Robin. Robin is done by now. Oh, Robin. Yeah, they'd probably say the same. Depending on what Robin, they'd probably because like you already have Drake is fucking gay or bisexual. So like, why? I mean, that's kind of already been the chatter. And that's what I mean. Like, I yeah. think that unfortunately, um, you make any of the Robins non-binary. Yeah. Nobody bats an eye. I think mm-hmm. that you would have to make a character like Batman or Catwoman Mm non-binary and that would cause more of an up like an uproar yeah um but i'm sorry none of these beat uh black batman none of them people would be so pissed because look at what happened with little mermaid they're still talking shit about little mermaid and that casting happened well like two years ago feels like i'm gonna say it the trailer looks pretty fucking good Oh, oh really? Oh, Little Mermaid. Like shit. Yeah. I haven't seen it. I can't comment. Yeah. Uh, I heard uh, everybody just saying, "What's her name's the new mommy?" Uh, Ursula. Oh, I freaking uh, Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Hey, that's great. I haven't seen it, so I don't know. But everybody's like, "Ooh, she's like the new Lady Dimitrescu or whatever." So, <laughs> um, which hey, I'm down. Melissa McCarthy's awesome. So, um, yeah, I don't, I think if you have a black Batman, people fucking go in an uproar. Do you think low key, that's the one thing DC would block? I think so. Now, again, we do have a black Batman mm-hmm. in DC's continuity with, of course, uh, Lucius Fox or yeah. not, sorry, no, Jace. uh, Jay, uh, Jace Fox. Yeah. Uh, and I think that they leaned too much into it uh, as far as uh, uh, Brian Edward Hill. No, sorry, not Brian Edward Hill. Um, um, oh, my gosh. I forgot the writer already. Yeah, Scott Ridley. Ridley Scott, right? Yeah. No, Ridley. Uh, no, no, no. It's not Ridley Scott. That's the director. Ridley. Uh, yeah. I John Ridley. Name. John Ridley. There you go. Uh, Ridley leaned a little too much into it with also making him uh, – biracial uh asian biracial yeah um like you already had him as a black character mm-hmm. being batman i think that was good yeah but like i'm not saying that there are not black asians in the mm-hmm. world Asians, which is one of but, the best fucking combinations <laughs> i think it is too but for the fact that like you just throw it in there what 14 or 15 issues later mm-hmm that just was like yeah mm. yeah granted it, it, it's still relatively new to the character yeah like in retrospect of like 900 900 issues of batman mm-hmm. or a thousand issues of action comics it's still relatively early in a character's like upbringing i understand yeah, that long, long-term storytelling but they should have hinted at that 
Um, I feel like they haven't done enough with with his character. And I also don't like that his character is coming at the expense of Lucius Fox. Because yeah. they are destroying Lucius Fox. And I hate that. Because Lucius Fox has always been a great character. He's always been a role model in the Bat family. And now he like cheated on his wife or some shit like that and had a you know a kid and like well, it's like um, dude why are you destroying lucius like he's been an asshole since the joker war you know what i mean uh yeah. and even maybe a little bit before that i don't really know but i just don't like what they've done to lucius uh, and also the thing about the black batman is they also just they're doing exactly what zadarsky is doing and they're like oh let's just put him in a different setting and tell the exact same fucking story we've always told and it's just like yeah. dude like it's so boring uh, he should have been essentially Batman in Gotham Central. Just add him to the Gotham Central storylines with with that Batman. But in New York would have been awesome. So I don't know. But yeah, I don't think anything would be would cause as much of an uproar as Black Batman. So uh, I'd have to go with that. Um, then we got Moncre. Uh, what would happen if the Flash and Batman switch cities slash costumes for a week? Sounds like a win-win when you consider their strengths. Okay, the costumes part is weird. Like, why would they switch costumes? Like, are they do they need to pretend to be each other? Because Batman can't run fast. Like, he's not going to be the Flash. So, the costumes part is weird. Yeah, I mean, you would have to say, what if they, like, switch bodies for yeah. a week? But um, that would be the same thing, though. Like, you know, if they switch bodies... I don't think Bruce would leave Gotham. Like, he's like, oh, now I'm just a Flash? Okay. You know what I mean? So, like... Well, but that's the thing, though. Like, you you couldn't... I I think that he would understand that he can't be Flash in Gotham. Because he, the villains wouldn't take him seriously. So he would have to be his Batman mm-hmm. inside the Flash's body and kind of shake things up in central city whereas like he would force he would call flash in batman's body and be like hey don't be dumb don't be yourself you need to be me for a week oh and nightwing's gonna come visit you to show you how to be me for a week i would hate that story i'm just gonna put that (laughs) out there because it's just too convoluted you know yeah. Like just stay in your respective cities. Like it wouldn't matter. Like I don't I don't understand it. Um because like it would be weird to say like oh yeah, Flash can't be like that in Gotham, but then Bruce what is Bruce going to do exactly what the Flash would do cuz Flash like talks to everybody and he's like buddy buddy he's like hey, uh you know, freaking uh you know, weather wizard like you're being really weird today. Like, you know, are you off your meds? You know, like Batman doesn't do that shit. So like uh, and he does every once in a while, but it's none of the non-threatening ones. Um, so I think that would be really weird. Uh, uh, so I, the way I want to reference this question is, what if they just switch cities? How would they approach their their respective villains in each city? You know what I mean? I think Flash's villains, Batman's got them locked down, like, to be honest. Because a lot of them, rogues gallery-wise, I feel like you can just put in the Batman rogues gallery easily. Because it's like, I think so. you know, Captain Cold and all them. Like, Batman, you know, I was like, oh, I'd fight all these kind of people. I would like to, it would be an interesting story to see him fight, like, Mirror Master, you know? Like, that'd be cool. I think it would be really fun to see him fight somebody like Mirror Master. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you're right. Uh, Captain Cold, Mr. Freeze, um, Heat Wave, 
Firefly. Yeah. Uh, Gorilla Grodd is basically a not dead Grundy. Like, mm-hmm. I think he has a lot of the same type of character, like, yeah. with within the rogues. Um, you do get into a little bit more of an interesting uh, conversation when it comes to things like fighting other speedsters. Yeah. We've seen that in Tom King's run with the button. Mm-hmm. Um, one of our favorite uh, panel, nine panel grids, is the time going down on each panel yeah. and Batman getting the shit beat out of him by reverse flash. But even then, like you see, you hear Batman say, Oh, I'm just buying time. And then yeah. boom, freaking flash well, comes in and beats the shit out of him. It's funny you talk about that. I read it again recently. Cause I think somebody posted it on Reddit. Um, and I forgot that when it comes down to zero, he's like overtime and fucking, he's still getting his ass beat. And then the flash shows up. So like, I was like, damn, that was awesome. One word. Like that's all <laughs> Batman needs, you know? Um, so yeah, I think they would, yeah. I mean, as Moncray said, it's a win-win. Like I think both of them would do great. I think, you know, Flash might fuck around a little bit more and try to talk to some of the villains because he's not going to be in immediate danger, you know? Um, Cause he's just going to speed out of there and like fix everything. But I do think it would be interesting to see how it happens. But then it would also be interesting when he goes up against somebody like Joker, right? Because Joker would be like, oh, I hear you're in town. You know, I got something for you. And then do some shit with him. So I think they would probably, I I think there's a lot of matchups I would love to see if they switched. But I do think, um, yeah, I don't think switching their bodies and costumes, that would be really weird. Um, But all right, going on to uh, Jason Todd. Speaking of Jason Todd, what Red Hood story would be interesting reading? Uh, Red Hood and Joker forced to team up in a Nazi hunting adventure. Uh, Red Hood reforms Red Hood gang and targets mob villains. Red Hood becomes leader of the Suicide Squad. So um, three is my idea that Azriello stole. So. I th- I think that number two is something that we've talked about kind of um just he also kind of was the head of the penguin thing for a while yeah so um i don't know if i would want him to have i mean i would only want him to have the red hood gang if he's bad yeah you know so um i would love to see joker and red hood hunt nazis though as an elseworld just fucked up weird story like yeah black label give me a black label adventure of that like i'd be down um but like i would like them transported back in time that's what i want to see like they're fighting maybe he's chasing him and you know how mark wade just says there's portals just in the sky so they get sent back to nazi fucking germany and then they're just like let's go they do the fist bumps you know like they're stepbrothers and then they fucking just start killing nazis (laughs) We just become best friends. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that would be crazy. Cause like, can you imagine like a Nazi about to kill Joker and Red Hood kills the Nazi? And then the same thing's about to happen to Red Hood and Joker kills the Nazi. And they're like, we become best friends. And then, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jason Dodd, if I ever become a, a Batman writer and they like, you got any ideas? Uh, if you don't mind me taking that idea, I'll write it. Cause that sounds fucking funny. <laughs> um, it'll be an Elseworld story, Black Label, something, but that's a great idea. You let me know. Um, and finally, we have Alexis Barrera. Uh, would you rather kill off Ghostmaker, Valmont, or Clown Hunter? This feels like uh, very. It, you have. I think. I think you have to choose one. I don't think yeah. you. You have the choice of killing all of them. You have to yes. choose. Okay. One. Okay. Well, here's the thing. Valmont's dead already, so, according to current story. So that I don't really need to think about that one because I've seen it. 
Uh, did he die the way I wanted him to? No, I would have yeah. rather a more vicious death. But out of all of these, I wish I could say more, but I can't. Um, but I'm going to go with fucking kill Ghostmaker. Uh, I'm going to say Ghostmaker. Um, clearly, because I know that he is like the head of Batman Incorporated right now. Mm -hmm. uh, the lead in Batman Incorporated, should I say. Um, I think that they thrusted all of this, like, quote unquote, importance onto this character. Uh, just to push, hey, this character, he is, you know, badass because he is Batman's best friend and you just need to love him because of that. Okay, here he, he is going to be thrust into all these books. Mm -hmm. And I just, from I don't see the appeal to this character. No. I just, I just don't see it. He's just a ninja. And I think that's, they're trying to bank off of that, you know? They're just like, oh yeah, let's give him a cool robot ninja type um stuff and i'm like dude like he looks really shitty i think a cooler looking ninja that's like cy cybernetic is the one from uh metal gear fucking that ninja's badass you know yeah. exoskeleton everything like, give me a ninja like that or like genji right like genji looks fucking amazing in overwatch mm -hmm. but fucking this guy is weak i would go Ghostmaker for pure annoyance because i have always hated him i thought clown maker should die he should have been a story element um and then valmont was just a wish version of Ghostmaker. so it's just like ugh. um i would go Ghostmaker 100 if i could only pick one i would go Ghostmaker. although although if valmont was still alive if, if i never if you were telling me this question before valmont died I probably would pick Valmont because probably. I was I get, I, hating the story yeah. that was going yeah. on. So I would have loved to seen him die before anything else happened. Um, so yeah, that's what I would go with. But uh, that is it for viewer questions, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, keep trying with the with the condiment kings and all that jazz, but uh, ain't happening. Uh, anyways, uh, moving on to comics. Now, what did you read this week, Clay? Because I might have not read one of the books. Okay, let me so. actually see what we have. Because uh, I know this week, this week is um, Gotham Year One, I think. That Year One, I think. Yes, I definitely read that one. We talked about it very, very. Yeah. Uh, oh, I didn't read. I skimmed Graduation Day because it has Batman in it, but we haven't been covering it. Um, oh, that's all, right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All I want to say is DC making their own Power Rangers. It's exactly. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Blue Beetles. Because, like, at the end of this, ladies and gentlemen, um, it, through these, it, it's only issue five, and so the first beetle we saw was the yellow beetle that showed up, and Be Blue Beetle was like, "What the fuck?" And they started fighting. Then a green beetle showed up, and at the end of this issue, like. Batman's all like, go get them. Something crazy is about to fucking happen. And all these people try to go fight Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle goes super Blue Beetle. Uh, gets a new, like, iteration of his armor. Superman's like, that's cool armor. Well, um, if, uh, if if we're going to go with the Power Rangers references, this would be a battleizer. Um, okay, I've never so, heard that. <laughs> so, so he basically gets a battleizer. They say, okay, we're going to trust you on this. And they're like, okay, well, actually, some shit's going down. And we see that the... Uh, the horizon is there. Yeah. But currently there is a green, yellow, and blue uh beetles 
we know from the blue and gold book that uh, Dan Jurgens was writing that there's already a black beetle, mm-hmm. um, but he was a villain. Yeah. Uh, so unless it gets turned good somehow, um, there's your there's your black ranger right there. Yeah. Um, so now all we need is red and pink. Well, they tease pink at the end of this book. So because uh, pink is flying down in a ship and a beetle ship. Well, it's it's. I would say it's purple, but I think that's the bad guys. I think it's the horizon. Um, but you know how bad guys are. They always turn good. This is definitely their. Yeah, I guess you. Well, I think it depends on what part of the ship you're looking at. But yeah, you could say purple. Um, and then the the lighting is making it look pink. Yeah. In the shiny part. So yeah, I guess it would be a little bit more purple looking at this now. Um, but yeah, so definitely, I wouldn't mind a purple ranger. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so they're basically making their own Power Rangers, which hey, fucking dope. I that I'm down with that. Um, and because- I I will say the art in this book is cool. It does look a little odd when you look at like the faces of Superman in some of these panels. Uh, like it has this weird like almost 3D like CGI esque bubbling as mm-hmm. far as like the the facial structure is. Um. And so I yeah. still dig this art, but it made some of the faces look a little weird. It's like it got made in Photoshop and people put outlines around it. Yeah. Yeah, Superman looks really uh, dumb. Uh, he looks like a, an anime character when they do the like really quick panels that they're like, we got to, we got to like, that's not going to matter, <laughs> a quick frame. When he's saying great Ryo or Rayo. Yeah, um, great Rao. Yeah. Yeah, Rao. Um, so his face just looks so dumb there. It reminds me of One Punch Man. So like it's just like boop, boop, two eyes and a mouth, uh, kind of thing. But yeah, so uh, Power Rangers Blue Beetle, they should call it. Uh, they're probably gonna be called the like the Beetle Force or something like that. Which that was a show, wasn't it? Uh, Big Bad Beetleborgs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was that the show with the clown? As the... it wasn't a clown, it was a genie that looked like freaking Jay Leno. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. One hundred percent. And they had motorcycles, right? They did, yeah. Okay. But there was another show that was also... VR Troopers. What was that about? So VR Troopers literally only lasted, I think, like five episodes. Uh-huh. Uh, it was very, very short. Yeah, I gotta uh, look this up. Uh, Jason David Frank was supposed to be the lead. He was actually on the pilot. Um, but then uh, Saban noticed how much he was oh, loved yeah. in Power Rangers. And so... Uh, they made him <laughs> yeah. uh, the Green Ranger full time, which is really wild. Uh, mm. VR Troopers did not last that very long, but it still has a video game on Sega. Yeah, this is wild because like I remember this like like I watched it as a kid and you tell me there's yeah. only five episodes. I, I might be over exaggerating on the okay. amount of episodes, but it did not last more than one season. I think I, I might have had some of these toys. Uh, I remember VR Troopers like it's it's stupid movies like these that I wish are shows I wish they would make movies about like just well, bring it back that's the thing so the 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 genre is tokusatsu the mm-hmm. the and of course series Super Sentai uh, for the Power Ranger stuff um, they are they still make shows like this one oh, okay. uh, like VR Troopers like Big Big Beetleboards uh power rangers or like i said in their version of super sentai 
the style of which they make these like even though like technology has advanced they still make them like they used to because they take the phrasing if it's not broke don't fix it yeah very literally when it comes to this because people fucking love it um there's actually a movie on netflix that has the same kind of like genre and fighting style and all that Mm -hmm. um and it's all in i believe indonesian um Mm -hmm. i i loved it uh it it was wild the story (laughs) made no sense whatsoever but they transformed Uh, and fought and it was awesome i just got reminded of this because i think I don't know if you shared this with me as like a joke, but I got so interested in it in that porn power Rangers knockoff. Oh yeah. I, that I was shared it with to be you like too. really good, like really well like done. And then they just included porn in it. Like I was like, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to watch that because people were like, dude, it's surprisingly good. And I never like watched the actual, it. Like, I yeah. never watched it. I just saw the TikTok on it. I was like, Oh, this is hilarious. I need to show juice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did you actually watch it? <laughs> Oh no, I haven't. That's the thing. I, but I could react to it on my Patreon, <laughs> which I think would be fucking hilarious. I need to find that out. I need to remember what that was because I remember like the fighting looked good, right? Like it looked yeah. like like a it, fucking show. Yeah, I gotta I gotta look that up. But yeah, that just reminded me of that. So maybe that'll be because I need to post some content on my Patreon. I haven't done it in a few days or a few weeks. Um, but yeah, I remember all these old fucking shows. So. You know, Beetle Borgs or whatever come into DC Universe, which I think is fucking cool. I think that's a good way to introduce this now when we're about to get a possible Blue Beetle trailer next week. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited for that. I think your prediction of it being with Mario is correct. If we see that trailer on the fucking big screen with Mario, I'm going to fucking go. Well, we'll probably see it the day before, though, because Mario comes out the day before. True. So, you know, it'll probably be all over the internet, so we'll see it before. But hopefully we do get to see it on the big screen, because that might look fire. Um, But going on from that, we're going to end with Gotham, uh, Gotham City, or Gotham, yeah, Gotham City. Uh, The next one is Dark Knights of Steel. So, Clay, I just need to ask, because I think we're going opposites here. I don't know if you like this issue, but if you did, we are definitely going opposite routes of liking this story. This issue, I feel like, should have so of course this is a 12 issue series yeah right just like the other uh we've had some like tie-ins to this series but they weren't like issue number three or issue number four they were like legit like almost like an annual yeah this needed to be the annual of this limited series Mm -hmm. this took up time that i don't think we needed i still enjoyed it but for it to be a main issue on the main limited series run, yeah, I think just slows down the pacing for what happened to everything in the last issue. Yeah. I, for those of you that don't know, if you go back and I don't even know what episode it would be, I really did not like the last issue because they brought in the white Martians and green Martians. And I was like, that now you're introducing space shit. That is not something I wanted um and i was just like that's fucking up because like i was like this is game of thrones in the dc universe and i wanted to see fucking superman versus batman zara versus wonder woman like i wanted to see these families turning on each other and fucking uh tom taylor here is like oh i gotta bring them all together to fight a different enemy and i'm like 
well, you didn't need to do this now. We know you're going to give us a million spinoffs because that's what you always do. They could have fought this force fucking season three. Like they yeah. didn't need to do this right now. I wanted to see some bloodshed between the families, actually some wars and stuff going on. But no, it's automatically already kumbaya because they got to fight a big force in these white Martians. And what happened, as much as I hate the fucking Joker right now because he's everywhere, they just disintegrate him to take his power. And now we have a super Martian. And I'm like, again, this is Tom Taylor doing too much, in my opinion. And this was weird because we find out that it was never the ring that was Mm -hmm. talking which does happen in green lantern lore yeah but we find out that it was all a trick from the white martians because uh the ring says um we can't allow so much power to be held by a man who believes inanimate objects speak to him Mm -hmm. and the joker's like what and we see the uh green martian or the the white Martian just tear off his arm, so he's not dead. Like yeah. he, they only tore off his arm um, with the ring, took his ring, and then threw him to the wayside. Uh, so he is now falling we... from like a really high. Height. Yeah, but it is comic a comic books. book, yeah. so you you have to assume that he probably is not dead. Um, but we do see this one white Martian with the green ring. Um, and I think you're I think you're right. The idea of them teaming up already mm-hmm. once like we ha- we don't know for sure if this is getting spinoffs because nothing has been confirmed. But we can assume because everything that Tom King or sorry, Tom Taylor has mm-hmm. written has gotten spinoffs before. Yeah. So it, it it is a little disappointing. Um, I'm still going to say that I liked the way taylor wrote the origin of martian manhunter Mm -hmm. but i just didn't need it in this issue yeah um they wasted the dragon in this didn't do fucking jack shit um like it's just i wanted to see like batman like you obviously i don't think you continued your game of thrones thing did you i haven't heard you talk about it so i don't know Um, i i i I want to go back to it but just like I stopped once Amberlynn was born uh, mm-hmm. and I just have not had time to to go back and do it. Uh, but I've been itching to go back and, and watch it because there yeah. was recently news on uh, the new prequel that yeah, they just season did. Two. Uh, season two, there there has been some updates. So I was like, oh, shit, I need to catch up on Game of Thrones. Yeah. So with Game of Thrones, I'm pretty sure you've seen the gif because everybody uses it. But like when Jon Snow has his sword and he has all those horses rushing at him. That's yeah, what I yeah, wanted yeah. to see Batman doing. You know, like I, I, dude, this was so good for eight issues for me. Well, minus issue one, just the ending pissed me off, but I got over it because, like, all right, this is a good fucking series. But he just Tom Taylored it up. He did too much. And it's like, bro, he needs to go to gymnastic classes to learn how to stick the landing because it's just not working. He's been failing a lot lately, in my opinion. And, it was just too much, man. Like I'm not interested in this story anymore because of how it's too soon to be teaming up. Like Wonder Woman's mom just died. Zarel still a bitch. Like we haven't got any of that. And we know Tom Taylor <laughs> likes to just do things and never talk about him again. 
because still waiting to see what's going on with Nightwing's sister, you know? And I'm just like, it's too much. And I think he he was like, all right, I'm going to actually try to fit everything in 12 issues, and we'll go from there. And this feels like the ending of Game of Thrones right now, because they're just rushing shit. So, like, I don't know. I, I am really disappointed where this is going. Um, and I don't care that the White Martians, who are already super powerful, now have a Green Lantern ring. Which, you're kind of like... I thought the Green Lantern ring picked respectable people, but I guess that doesn't happen in this lore. So, like, I've seen people take the ring and try to use it, but mm-hmm. I think it was Jeff Johns that showed, like, how much, sh- like, strength you have to have personally and willpower yeah. to even use it. Because there was one at one time, um, Green Arrow, Oliver, mm-hmm. put on the ring. Uh, to fight Sinestro and he tried to wheel like to will sorry he tried to will uh an arrow out of the ring yeah and he can only muster one tiny arrow and it basically just bounced off of Sinestro <laughs> and it was basically showing that like he doesn't have as much willpower mm-hmm. as those who are legitimately chosen yeah so for this to happen like it can but I would like to see if there is any type of like restraint against it or anything yeah. else. But then again, like Lex Luthor, AKA the Joker in his universe was wearing it. So who mm-hmm. knows? Well, you could argue Lex Luthor has a lot of willpower though. And you know, to be a yeah. human that goes up against Superman every day, like that's true. That's you true. Know? Um, so, and second smartest human, according to him um, in a Tom Taylor series. So uh, I think he's I think he's up there. But let's move on to the last story, which could be a little controversial. Uh, we're going to talk about this uh, in Gotham City Year One, number six. This is the final issue. Um, I enjoyed this story overall. I enjoyed the series overall. I thought it was really good. But there's one thing that happened in this book that a lot of people are not talking about. At least the general audience is not talking about that. Me and Clay were like, hmm, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> so uh let's go ahead and talk overall but without giving away that big spoiler um what do you think of the issue overall uh the issue overall i think was what we assumed it was going to be um it's still very well written the revelation that we get to what really happened with the baby with of course uh i keep forgetting her name um uh the, the wayne Queenie? Oh wait, no, the Wayne uh woman? Yeah. Uh yeah, I forget her fucking name too. Cause I know the um the other female character in this is named Queenie. Um oh my god, I forget her name. They say it at the end of the book, if I'm not mistaken. Or just say Mrs. Wayne for now. Yeah. Uh Mrs. Wayne and like because the big revelation here is uh that she actually knew everything that was going down. Yeah. She was kind of one step ahead uh, mm-hmm. of everything. And she describes a scene in here that as a parent, it was, and I think is still is one of my worst nightmares uh, mm-hmm. with a relatively newborn child. Um, yeah. My baby is, is six months old. Uh, so it is still a possibility for something like this to happen. Um, absolutely terrifying. Um and just reading it, like you you get that feeling. 
You want to describe uh, what that is that it is? Yeah. So uh so in this scene, we learn that Mrs. Wayne, like I said, was one step ahead, knew everything that Richard was doing. And she was like, Okay, well, I'm just gonna sneak into the place that they were hiding the baby. I'm gonna take her back and everything will be hunky dory. I'll have my child back and everything else. Mm-hmm. Well, she got there just a little too late because what she can only assume happened is that this baby was crying so much that it eventually vomited, which does happen with mm-hmm. actual children. And because she was on her back, she could not get the vomit out. Mm-hmm. And so she basically drowned in her own vomit. Um, yeah. That is something that does happen in real life. It is absolutely terrifying. Um, and I yeah. just learned recently from a friend of mine, because uh, she was actually telling me last night, she just has a just had a baby a few weeks ago. And she was talking about now they don't want babies sleeping on their fate on their stomachs anymore. Apparently. So, so when they're newborn, when, okay. when they are newborn, when eventually babies will learn how to sleep on their stomachs. Mm-hmm. But the uh, like my child uh, just recently started to learn how to sleep on the stomach. Uh, but the first few nights and week that she did, me and Abby were getting up every few minutes to go check on her mm-hmm. because a baby can literally just put their face in the bed. Mm-hmm. They're not supposed to have any blankets or anything else. They're just supposed to have the bed, the mattress. Yeah. Literally, they could just put their head into the mattress mm-hmm. and just not know to pick up their head when they can't breathe. Yeah. Yeah, that's terrifying. When I had yeah. to watch my niece, I would constantly be like, "Are you breathing? Are you breathing?" Like I would be terrified if I had a child. And that's and like because there was one moment where I walked in and her face was dug into the mattress. Mm-hmm. I moved her head and all you heard was, <gasps> "Yeah." I'm like, "God damn it, kid! Like, yeah. what are you I, doing?" <laughs> I feel like I would have to strap my baby in a cocoon to her. Like, you can't move, bitch. Like, you're just gonna. And that's why moving. you swaddle a baby. <laughs> yeah. That's literally why you swaddle a baby. So that yeah. stuff doesn't happen. Uh, and it like as as a new parent yeah. reading this story, like from the very beginning to now, has been a little nerve wracking. Yeah, and he was a father real- himself, so he probably lived through that shit too. You know. Yeah um so yeah interesting thing right so she did know everything that was happening beforehand and she was the one that discovered the baby and whatnot um she also talks about how she found out about the cheating mm-hmm. is she found the cave which we know now is the bat cave but richard wayne had his own trophies down there of all the women he was hooking up with this i couldn't help but laugh at the like visual that i got mm-hmm. um so when when I read this, the way she describes it is like there's underwear, there's mm-hmm. bras, there's like all this promiscuous stuff in there as the trophies. Yeah. And when I was 10 years old, uh, my family took me to Colorado mm-hmm. uh, and it was during spring break. So there was no snow or anything, but we still went on a ski lift to mm-hmm. like a top of this mountain. And there was legit a tree that a whole bunch of women basically just take off their bras while they're on this on the ski lift and just throw it on the tree and that's <laughs> like that's just something that they yeah. do so that's this funny. one tree is just decorated with panties and bras 
Yeah. And as a 12 year old, I'm like, Haha, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> and so when she was describing the bat cave, that's all I could think of. Yeah. <laughs> just like these underwear and bras and just like kind of just random woman products all over this cave. And yeah. I'm like, that's a little creepy, but like, I, I, I kind of get it, but also very creepy. Yeah. Uh, I've known some creepy men in my time and that doesn't surprise me. Um, it's like fucking a few steps. Like, you know how serial killers keep their trinkets? Like, I think there's just people that are like sex addicts that keep their trinkets too. And they're just like, yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, anyways. So I did see, uh, this seems to be the big thing the GA audience is focusing on. Um, because I did see, uh, CBR talking about how, this was the first Batman uh, in the Wayne family, but just more of a disgusting one, you know, or like a, more of a not noble type of Batman, right? Because I don't know if she mentioned bats in the cave. I'm assuming you would just assume that because there's, you know, I think she might have mentioned that the cave was full of shit or something like that, or I don't remember. But anyway, I read this a few weeks back. So um, we do know that there was the, you know, the mark of the Batman and everything that was the ransom note. And, uh, you know, it's there's a lot of uh, I don't want I don't know. Symbolism is the right word. But, you know, Batman has his own trophies in the cave. Right. That same cave that he's using now. He has the penny. He has the dinosaur. He has all of those kind of things that he's gotten from villains, whereas his great grandfather also had his own little trinkets from his adventures you know oh so like it's kind of this like um just like parallel universes in in your family timeline which i think is kind of crazy i don't think that hurts the character of batman at all or anything like that i was just glad it didn't turn out to be like a superhero you know if you're like oh yeah my grandfather used to do the same kind of shit like we both had our own types of collectibles. Okay, whatever. His are kind of weird, but I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people's grandparents that collected some weird shit. Yeah. Um, my parents. But how do you the- how do you feel about the idea of naming him the Batman though? Yeah, I'm not 100% excited of, about it. Of course, I think King was trying to homage the old way they used to name Batman with the hyphen. Yeah. Which is clearly a thing. Zadarsky's doing it right now. Exactly, but so. I don't. I don't think it was one hundred percent necessary because, like, the only thing you had to go by was, oh, he had this cave where he kept all these trinkets, yeah, and there happened to be bats in it, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it is one of those things. Like, yeah, you could have easily named him something different, but I don't know. I also feel like, you know, you ever see people like idiot criminals on TikTok and stuff that film their crimes? Like, I feel like this was Richard Wayne thinking he was smarter than he was. He's like, yeah, nobody knows about my cave and there's bats in there. So I'm going to be like the Batman as my alias. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it could just be an idiot like that. Um, Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of rich idiots on TikTok. So it doesn't surprise me that they think this would be clever. When somebody just with you know half a brain's like, um, and she lives with him, so she's like, oh, it's you because you fucking have a cave with all your little shit in here. Uh, so yeah, it's not my favorite thing that he did. Uh, I will say that, but I was worried that it was gonna be like 
his grandfather was secretly a crime fighter, you know, like, or something yeah. like that. And that would, I would have been like, dude, no. So again, King has this way of making you think he's going to do something. That's going to be really shitty, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Um, but he usually kind of like toes the line really well and gets you away from it. So that's what the GA is talking about, right? Like, Oh yeah. Batman wasn't the first Batman or whatever. Uh, And depending on what you want to consider continuity and real and all this kind of stuff, there've been a million Batmans before Bruce Wayne, right? Like in other timelines and other universes and all that kind of jazz, like Gotham by Gaslight happened way before like Bruce Wayne's Batman in modern time, you know, unless that whole universe is just decades and decades behind Bruce Wayne's universe, you know? Um, So either way, there's, there's plenty of different Batman out there. So I don't really think that matters to me as much but again it wasn't necessary the biggest thing here happens so nonchalantly that i think only if you were really paying attention you catch on to it and this is what i i think i don't like about this book and i've already told clay i have a way to retcon it yeah. so um some we have to go back what maybe issue three is probably we have, to, we have to jump back to. Let me tell what happens first, and then we have okay, to jump yeah, back yeah. to the thing. So at the very end of this, um, Slam has basically found out everything. He's found out that she was a part of it. We see her kill Richard Wayne. She mm-hmm. shoots him in the back of the head. She has this whole master plan on how to fix Gotham, but it, she needs a death of her husband, and obviously she wasn't the reason that her baby died, but she's going to use this as a way to kill her husband and take over Gotham and yeah. just show like the Gotham needs the Waynes. They need this name. And I'm going to be that light that this city needs. And she does it in the most fucked up, notorious way possible. And slam is just like, what the fuck? Like I got paid by these people and they turned out to be some of the most fucked up people I've ever met in my life. And so he also does help Queenie get out of uh, get out of the city and shit like that. And they give her like hush money. The Waynes do. They're like, yeah. shut the fuck up. Don't ever come back. Just stay away. And you're fine. Um, because she would have been an accomplice to the baby's death uh, with everything that went down. So they're like, we're going to let you go. Just never come back to Gotham, essentially. So um, Slam is just like, he doesn't know what to understand, right? He always thought like you can get to the bottom of a crime. You can make things right. But he basically got put in his place. He was like, he found out, oh, the powers that be that are bigger than me control things. And I have no way of, he has a saying at the end of the book that we'll get to that kind of like, kind of puts it all together. But at the end of the book, he's talking about how, um, you know, everything she started doing, right? She made the ACE chemical plant or what would later become the ACE chemical plant made a bunch of jobs in the low income Mm -hmm. communities does all this stuff and it takes a year to build this thing up and at the time when she's at the ribbon cutting ceremony she has a new child and this child's about three months old and i went back and looked at a timeline because like they mentioned like nine months it takes nine months to have a baby right so uh depending if everything goes well i know they can come early but um so let's just say nine months and then three months on top of that would be a year. Yeah. So it took a year to build the, the ACE chemical plant or whatever. And you're like, okay, so she had a baby while she also was searching for a baby, it seems like. 
And you kind of get the vibe that her and Richard aren't fucking anymore because he's fucking a bunch of other people. Mm -hmm. And she fucked Slam. So it's possible that that's Slam's baby. But Tom King never references this. Yes. Ever. It's just, and Slam's talking about it like, oh yeah, she had a new kid. And like, that was something that happened. And he specifically puts in the dates on there three and you're like, that could very much be his child. Yes, 100%. Because we know that him and Wayne hooked up in like issue three or four. Yep. And so I read that and I was like, Tom, no. And the reason why I was a little upset by it is because we find out in, I think, the previous issue, and you talk about it even more in this issue, Slam is biracial. Yep. Uh, Not very noticeable. And they they make that key in this issue about how he's gotten to do a lot more things because he doesn't look black. Yeah. Um, he and gets the, uh, it's a real thing in the real world. It's like um, you're white passing. Yeah. Is what it is. And so slam gets to live by that because even as you see the other detectives talk to him, they don't know he's bi biracial mm-hmm. because they're like, you know, they're like, Oh yeah. You know, these uh, people of color over here and all that jazz, like the, the bad people or whatever. If you hear that throughout this book, and he's just kind of like, man, this guy's don't fucking know, you know? And they're like, oh, yeah, you're so cool with them. Why are you so cool with them? They're fucking my people, you know? Yeah. And so we find that out. So that would make Batman partially a person of color because yep. of the lineage, because the baby that they had is Thomas Wayne. Yep. So that means Slam's Braddy would be Thomas Wayne's father making him like one sixteenth or one fourth biracial or whatever. Yep. I don't like that as, as much as I am a person of like, I want people of color in books and stuff like that. I don't like changing iconic characters like a Batman. I know a lot of people be like, Oh, but you're totally cool. No. Okay. In movies, movies are different because movies cost quadrillions of dollars to make. And you're only going to get the best characters on scene. James Gunn's probably going to change that. But you're only going to get a Batman movie. You're only going to get a Superman movie. So it's like, if you ever want to see a good superhero be a person of color, you're going to have to change it. Now, I will play devil's advocate a little bit. Mm -hmm. You said the only reason why you didn't like this idea in the past was because it had to be the white money that made Bruce Wayne Bruce Wayne. Yes. They still have the white money. And he is not black. He's only partially black. And if you go down the lineage, like he is now only what? So, so Bradley was half. Mm -hmm. This would make a quarter and then even less. So like one sixteenth. Yeah. One sixteenth black, which is in history happens. Mm -hmm. I just, don't like it because it feels like one of those things that's unnecessary. You know, and I had I had texted you when we talked about this because my thing was, what did I, I said that I didn't like? It's the like ending. the Jace thing. He didn't need to just come out of nowhere and be half Asian. You know, exactly. Granted, exactly. he's a newer character, and I but... am trying to remember what I texted you because I said that I had just finished it, but I'm not entirely sure how I feel. Mm-hmm. about it and i can't remember what i said was uh... that was a while back so okay so right here i said um i don't know how i feel about your one's ending 
and you said the ending doesn't really bother me. I just don't know how I feel about King letting the reader decide whether if it's uh, Slam is related to Bruce or not. Yeah. And I said, I feel like that's the only conclusion, though, because even uh, Batman, because you said that would mean that Bruce is partly a person of color. And I don't think that should change after 80 years. And I feel like that's the only conclusion, because even Batman at the end of this story is like, so why did you tell me that? Mm-hmm. And and Slam is like, I don't know. Just thought you should know. Yeah. And again, that phrasing, just thought you should know, is basically putting a small little time bomb in Batman's brain to realize, oh, shit, you're my grandfather. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that. Um... And, and we talked about this uh, in previous podcast uh previous episodes talking about this about the fact that bruce had family and now according to like we're not saying that he is dead but he's Mm -hmm. hospitalized he's super old he could be dead by the end of this book yeah like i mean i got the vibe that he died yeah that's that's the vibe that i get like Mm -hmm. batman is losing family that he never knew he had yeah and i don't like that yeah so i said this uh after what clay said with the whole he thinks that that's the only conclusion i was like i think it's a matter of perception i read it as sam went through all the drama to only get fucking owned in the end he learned powerful people will always have that power all he can do is go with the flow which is an important lesson for batman right like batman's even though he is a person that has power there's always gonna be somebody that's gonna fucking do what they want to do and so it's a good lesson to learn um, I feel like, okay, and then I said this, I was like, I feel like King wanted the POC story. Uh, if, if he wanted it, uh, he would have focused on it a bit more. Sam hooking up with Wayne was quick, and then it was just saying that they had a new baby, easily passed over, which this article from CBR, unless they listen to our podcast and steal this story, um, that wasn't the first thing they focused on. They focused on the, oh, there was another Batman first, right? So I do think this is something that can be overly passed over, you know, especially if you're not somebody that is reviewing comics, you could have just been like, oh, yeah, they hook up. Everybody hooks up in Tom King's books, you know, like doesn't necessarily mean anything. So that could have been something as well. And then I did end up saying that I do think he was towing a line a lot there. And this is probably my biggest issue with the book. And then I was like, I already have a way to retcon it. And the way you could retcon it is that from my understanding, I don't mind giving the story away, but I will write this eventually. So copyright, whatever is my story. If you wanted to change this, like if they did start, if people were coming out of the woodwork and being like, oh, Batman's this, Batman's that. The way you retcon this is from my understanding, this is Slam Bradley, not Slam Bradley Jr. And I would go ahead and if I was writing a story, you write a story about Slam Bradley Jr. trying to figure out if he's actually related to the Waynes because he's heard stories or he's heard rumblings. And you could easily write that up because he works with other police that probably worked with his dad, right? Or his dad could have left something behind telling this story, whatever. And then you just tell a story about him finding out. I'm not even going to lie to you. I've actually already wrote some of this story. Because I was like, I like this idea. I'm just going to write it just in case. And I started writing down some ideas for it. I'm not going to go into detail about that on how it could work. But I think that's the way you retcon it if you want to retcon it. And if you're like some of these people like, oh, that would be fucked up to do. 
they just did that in the fucking flash. So cry me a fucking river. Yeah. So uh, Clay was asking me like if if I would retcon his year one. I'm a, I would already retcon the Selena stuff. I would retcon this too. Um, just because I just I don't know, man. Like as much as I love that we're trying to move into a conclusive play, uh, conclusive like inclusive place. Not everything needs to be changed, and not everything needs to be pandered to people of color you know like let's mix it up let's keep some of the classic stuff classic some of the stuff that is considered classic but didn't work too well let's revamp that you know what i mean there's never been anything wrong with batman you know what i mean yeah and so like i don't mind changing that and it that's the only character that i'll ever like die on that hill of like protecting like yo dude he come from old white money like let him just be old white money like you know it's it's the same thing with I'm totally cool with people defending Black Panther to the end of time, right? Like he always has to be black. I'm like, it's a con- everything you 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 say about the Batman argument, you could say that about fucking Black Panther, like you know, because it's not it's not like white people don't exist in Africa. Like if you wanted to play that game, you know. Um, but I know there's huge arguments against that. But I don't know. I just think that was kind of like. It it did feel like King was like I'm just gonna let I'm gonna I'm gonna spin the dreidel at the end of Inception and let everybody and, decide. And that's what I had, I had asked you. I said, do you think this is something that DC made him like editorial was like, hey, this needs to be the story. Yeah, because I mean, we we know how much editorial is involved or the lack thereof. Yeah, when it comes to these stories and DC overall. And with the pushing of, of course, more inclusion and everything else, we agree that there are characters that need to be pushed out more rather than changing other characters. Yeah. But, of course, I think peop- the, the mindset could very much be, well, you know, how could we make Batman better for the people that want more inclusion? Oh, we can just say that Bruce Wayne has a black background. Yeah. And I... I just kind of feel like it comes off a bit as pandering in my opinion it's like oh yeah we just want to be like oh yeah this is you know he's part of your culture now and it's like no bro and here's the thing too i think it's also like why do we always default to like it's always it's just black culture like it just always defaults to that during gotham which is supposed to be new york it's a melting pot especially during that time frame that this is being made like yeah. you could have had everybody could have been anybody um and so like it just comes off as pandering to me and i've seen plenty of black creators that are like batman should always be white (laughs) like so you know i think there's just certain characters you don't fuck with you know and again like if this is i could see dc wanting to do that um because it does seem like they've made other decisions based on like oh we're trying to get a new audience so let's kind of change things up um Mm -hmm. it's possible but it's also, I feel like it would be a little weird. Like with as much, I mean, if everything they they talk about when it comes to King and they're they're trying to retcon his stuff, it also feels like why would they force that on him, right? Or maybe that's the argument. Maybe that's why they forced it on him. Because they're like, no, you're going to do something different. We don't want that. We want you to do this instead. I just don't feel like that's something that um, was pushed by editorial, in my opinion. I think it's just something to be out there. I think King does like you to think like, could have went this way. Could be that. So we'll see. I mean, you know, King is, he's never been scared to push the line. Like 
we weren't cut we weren't on the podcast talking about this at the time because our podcast started at 70 no 80 no like 78 79 one of those um when alfred's neck got snapped and i before that i think what would have been a really big talking point that king did in his batman run was batman tried to kill the riddler i think that would have been a huge talking point for this podcast um but i the reason why i ended up liking it is because the joker prevented him from doing it which made him he found that funny and i felt like it furthered the joker batman relationship because now batman's always tied to joker because the joker stopped him doing something bad which i find very intriguing some people might think that's fucking stupid but i think they just added a new character element of why they're tied together because i think the joker batman relationship is very fascinating because they are yin and yang you know they're mm-hmm. the two opposites so i don't know um i would be curious for anybody listening to this that's reading gotham gotham city year one because a lot of people aren't reading this book uh according to king and other people i'd be curious if you picked up on that um let us know in the comments but other than that i enjoyed the series overall i think this is a great book i already bought the trade the hardcover i mean so um king was all like i'm gonna be pushing the fuck out of this book so apologies in advance i was like i already bought it king like don't push me anymore (laughs) i hope it's a cool cover um the art some of the some of the b covers for this were amazing i really dig the uh the noir uh mm-hmm. covers that they did um i can't remember who was the artist on that one it's like issue four or five right that was like really good well i don't think like, it was the recent one it had like the classic like black and white with like the yellow title yeah uh those were really really good um yeah trying to see if i can scroll through here the brave and the bold covers are wild um i love the batman for the brave and the bold one where the batman spelt out like part of the building which looks really Mm -hmm. cool but uh so uh george uh molina so -hmm. the guy who did the covers for joshua williamson's batman Mm -hmm. um with abyss he did the noir uh uh, covers, covers for for Gotham nice. Year One. Yeah. Um. Overall, thought the series was good. That was the first time that I was reading. I mean, because like Danger Street, I think we've talked about Danger Street. Been first three issues been kind of rough to read. Fourth one was way better. I think we'll be talking about Danger Street in a couple weeks, uh, maybe. But um, yeah. For the most part, uh, that was the only thing in the whole series that I was questioning. Because like I was saying, I was like. He's going to have to explain how the lineage continues in in Gotham City, you know, because like, where's Thomas Wayne come from? Yeah. Um, I like that Helena was the first child because then that makes the. I'm curious on why Bruce would name her Helena. You know what I mean? Well, I'm, I'm going to guess that his mother mm-hmm. at one point in time. Talked about like to Thomas. Yeah talked about oh you did have a sister at one point she died when she was a baby Mm -hmm. blah blah and so that story probably has been passed down yeah and so it's just a name that stuck with bruce at one point yeah i feel like gotham city year one if this was built into continuity that part would be erased it's kind of like how um because i think a lot of stuff from snyder's run has been erased you know we can't forget that he tried to change fucking Mr. Freeze's origin. That was really dumb. 
And I don't think people consider his retconning of Joker's origin to be the main origin. I think everybody still goes with Killing Joke. I mean, Jeff Johns thinks that. Um, clearly, the people that did Clayface recently, they think that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think, like, I think things from even, whether you like a run so much or not, I think anything is up for being retconned. And King himself has said this. He was like, when you write a comic book, you need to understand that you're writing it for that moment in time, and then somebody's going to destroy it later on. Like, um, he was like, so just write what you want to write. Um, blows my mind that Zadarsky's doing what he's doing right now, because he's writing that story. Because it sucks. And we'll be talking about it next week on the podcast. But for this podcast, ladies and gentlemen, that is it. Clay, well, I want to I, I want to oh. read this really quick from uh, from a friend of mine podcast. OK, uh, let them know that we were talking about the whole thing with possibility Bruce Wayne being one sixteenth black. Mm-hmm. And a few of my friends said could not care less about race, could not care. And then somebody said, I don't care, but I do agree with the narrative that if you do it, you lose all the aspects of white frig- uh, fragility. Fragility, I think yeah, is I the know. way you pronounce that. I don't know. Fragility, like the ego thing. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, I uh, mean, the quality of being easily broken or damaged. Mm. Well, I mean, I don't know, because that's kind of saying that people of color can't be broken or damaged. You know what I mean? I will say, though, if you do make him partly a person of color, then it's like, oh, you really going to we're going to just be talking. I mean, King did build in the white privilege, though, the white passing thing. So Bruce could still be living off of that. Um, I just don't I just don't think you change it. I mean, granted, granted, if this is what DC wanted to run with, I mean, they already gave us black Batman. Like it's like, you know, if if you're worried about race, like, dude, we already have a black Batman. It ain't going to get any different than that. You know what I mean? I just don't like it's been 80 it's we're going on 90 years what somebody said that would explain batwang <laughs> damn <laughs> yeah that's a good one that's a good one uh yeah i mean if dc was gonna go this way i i could care less you know it right now it does seem annoying because it's so fresh and i do it just feels like another one of those things dc is doing to be a bit pandering in my opinion um and i think it's unnecessary and you know what for anybody that thinks I'm a little biased towards King, you probably would have been like, I would have been like, oh yeah, this is the greatest thing ever. No, I'm I'm telling you my honest opinions, which I think is pretty consistent. I think I've been very consistent on the pandering shit when it comes to comics. Like, build it into a really good story that makes sense. This was something that's easily throwawayable, in my opinion. And I yeah. think people will forget it. Because you could also say, like, Richard and Martha fucked at one point. Because there are people that do that. There are people out there that know their husbands are sleeping around and they're still hooking up with them because of Stockholm Syndrome or whatever, you know? So, like, you could still make that argument. Like, oh, yeah, that happened out there, but, hey, that's still his kid or whatever. So, like, that's a possibility. It was nine months. Um, And it would, you know, I don't know, like, because she found... They were obviously still sleeping together because she found all his trinkets or whatever, and they still had kids and stuff. So, or they had a kid. Uh, granted, that could have happened before, but Helena Wayne seemed like a baby, baby. So, um, could have been still pretty fresh. But I don't know. Pretty random stuff. Um, but yeah, those are those are the thoughts on the books for this week, ladies and gentlemen. But Clay, what do you got going on this week, man? 
Uh, this week, of course, uh, go check out Star Wars Alliance. There I have uh, the uh, review of the uh, Bad Batch Season 2 finale that we just did. Um, today I am editing our book review for uh, Star Wars The High Republic Cataclysm. Uh, the book does not come out until next week, but of course we got an early review copy and the embargo was uh, this past monday so uh we went ahead and did our review uh so go check that out once you have read the book because we did a non-spoiler review of that nice um i'm still just working on a bunch of shit every friday though live streaming on my reaction channel and on twitch we are playing resident evil 4 right now so if you want to come watch me play that i did upload my first playthrough on my shorts channel if you got well my clips channel now uh, if you want to go check that out and then just come dive into the thing and let's talk about stuff. Cause I'm always there down to chat about whatever, but that is going to be it for this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, I am juice Wayne. He is fanboy clay dyslexia. Fuck that up. But Batman is awesome. Batman.